and then we'll go off on politics, this or that, but we will make fun of it. This show is about taking the seriousness out of the serious world and seeing it in a new light. Now, Monty and I are coming up, I think in May, we're going to be on our one year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been a one long year. year. Yeah. <laughs> one year of doing comedy shows. And let me tell you something. I have had an incredibly wonderful time going back and forth with Monty, seeing him coming out of the great Q world and becoming the greatest, <laughs> greatest memer in the West. He has evolved to the great Mimi. Well, interesting. I, I was only visiting the Q world. I'm not from the Q world because when I think Q, I think James Bond and Star Trek. So, uh, and also, yes, you can ask questions. Just remember that you may get a, a comedic answer. Or a a snappy one. Yeah, yeah. So you may not get the proper answer, but it'll be comedic. So just pointing that out. And this is a show where hermits are uniting. We have our usual usual crowd of hermits here. And some new people who may not know how the Hermits Hermits Anonymous works. So (laughs) if you are wanting to join Hermits Anonymous, your dues are you must be willing to raise your hand when we tell you to raise your hand and tell us something funny. That's not hard dues. We're not asking you to pay. We're asking you to drop your serious stick and to say something funny. Yeah, we don't We don't want you to pay $800 so I can tell you about blue chickens. Exactly. Okay? And we don't want to have, you know, why, why, why colonics are the, the king of the world. We want you to <laughs> chill out, relax, Take off some of the serious energy. Take off all that, that junk that's holding you back. Don't worry about this or that. Just chill the fuck out. Pop open a beer, have a drink, smoke a joint. You are entitled to do the, that for these shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, release the tension, basically, because everything's in life is uh, tension. <laughs> and... release, uh, release the cracking of seriousness. <laughs> That's a bit uh, a bit Greek. Well, you are Greek, so yes, I am Greek. <laughs> I cannot help it. Kronos and Jupiter and other planets and yeah, but um, uh, China. So, yeah. uh, Bruce, did you see that actually? The the spat between the the diplomats between China and America. No man, I'm on I'm on a total news fast. I don't know what happened this morning. Oh, okay. Uh, basically, they were um, they were me- measuring their penises and they were going back at each other. <laughs> it's like, like I, I spoke to Andrew just bef- uh, before the show, and so that's been going on for for a while now. It's like, yeah, but now they're doing it in public, where it's like uh, America does not come from a sense of strength and blah blah blah. It's like it was wham wham wham, and then wham wham wham. Um, the American diplomat said, "America's back, and we're engaging, and we're strong." And China's like really <laughs> you just had four years of trump and you lost all your face motherfucker you, you pay yeah. now you pay now yeah you pay now, yeah. you <laughs> pay pay now. <laughs> i don't worry about principle but pay interest now well i <laughs> yeah uh are we how is our boy in uh president we pay for him uh many a time before uh he or us you know on book <laughs> not not other book but this book <laughs> well <laughs> And now, and now you must pay. <laughs> so what, 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 uh, what, what got this going, man? Uh, what got this diplomatic uh, fight going? In, in, in my head now, I imagine Ron Burgundy in an alley with his crew. Uh, but 
What, I mean, what <laughs> took it up a notch? What, uh, how did it jump up so quickly? What was it about? Anal swabbing? Not, no, it's from the, ha- <laughs> it's the hacking stuff that's coming out. It's the cyber warfare that stuff that's coming out is what it is. Okay. Uh, I, I have no idea and, what and, that's and, referring to. Oh, what, there's, ty- there, what cyber there, warfare? Uh, imagine a, 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 a digital version of World War I, World War II, and World War Three all happening at once. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally. And that's been going on since like late 2017. And it just gets yeah. a little bit more serious, a little bit more serious. Whenever there's an election, it backs off a little bit, then it gets really serious just before the election. And it gets just, it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And, at, at, and the thing is, America has wiped the shit out of dozens of Chinese and Korean North Brigade uh, uh, computer uh, defensive brigades, like literally destroys server servers that fill up an entire mountain. Then the Chinese come back and hire a couple of people to steal data from from Los Alamos <laughs> Laboratory. <laughs> and it's just this disaster of a digital warfare going on. Wow. Like, so basically what, what you're saying, uh, Andrew, is... Um, you know, uh, a Chinese general gets a report. Ah, oh, the Yanks have destroyed our secret mountain in Beijing. Oh, really? Release TikTok. Yes, release TikTok. <laughs> that will get them going good. Hey, we have nurses dancing all the time while we take them data. <laughs> so uh, you guys familiar with Stuxnet, the original Stuxnet virus? Yes. All right, so right now we're on our 25th generation of Stuxnet. Come on. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 25th generation of Stuxnet being run by artificial intelligences that are generating the the digital warfare platforms. Oh, my God. Right. So it's like um, um, the movies War Games meets Lawnmower Man, um, you know. um, I'm scared when it's going to start turning into Terminator and then The Matrix. I don't think it'll get that far. I think it'll just hit a certain level and that'll be the new normal. It'll never end. <laughs> yeah, I also think that the, the sun will go, you know, that's enough EMP. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. You know, this is, I think this is the new normal, Monty, like your wife's brother moving in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just two weeks. This ain't a weekend thing, is it, honey? <laughs> right, exactly. Now, the, the new big thing is is the cryptocurrency wars and right now that they're they're trying to use stuck the, the 25th generation of stuxnet to break all the blockchains of all the big cryptocurrencies simultaneously and do a massive rob and run Jeez. okay right wow it's just well, a big be, rob and run <laughs> that has be been a... done before it's not the first time yeah. blockchain's been cracked Okay, you can go yeah. back to the Intel Coin, uh, the Cointel Pro, one of the biggest Bitcoin producers out in Japan, nine hundred and forty-six million dollars in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, all the big boys are into crypto now. That means all their AIs are into crypto, and now the Stuxnet generals who are delivering their pawns and kings and troops everywhere are trying to figure out how to simultaneously break all the cl- blockchains. Unbelievable. And yeah. um, has has there been any success? Oh, absolutely. The thing okay. is, whenever there's a success, there's another way to rewrite the success as a failure. There's a well, counter I, move to the uh, counter move to the counter move. Yeah. And we're all moving at the highest levels of digital response speed. 
Yeah, you see this, you know, I tell you this, this whole digital economy has always just sort of struck me as digging a hole to fill it back in. It's like prison labor, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, it it doesn't make any sense. When I heard the energy metrics for mining um, Bitcoin, like how much energy it took to run the computers and everything, I thought, my God, that's that's almost like a legitimate business. They have costs, but everything (laughs) is in the ether, right? It's all just uh, in the digital nomad land. Mm-hmm. I don't trust it at all, boys. I don't trust it at all. My advice I, to intelligent young listeners out there now is get yourself some land. That's right. Get yourself some land. Get yourself 10 acres, man. If you need five yeah. friends to buy it, Feasible get a product. job in San yeah. Francisco, go get an apartment <laughs> and keep working. Send money back to the farm and then do that for two years. Let someone else go work and enjoy the farm. But you've always got a base to go back to that is stable and can provide all human need. Right. You can tell Bruce is a father. So like, yeah, you can be, if you, you can follow you can be a rock star, but have something to fall back on. Have a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to be a comedian? Fine. But finish your degree in neuroscience. That's all I'm saying, son. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, but it's a, uh, go ahead. With the blockchain wars that are going on, we have the politicians breaking down and having temper tantrums at the tables now. That was the original premise of what was going on here. And we now have uh, major issues going on with the vaccine rejection. So Europe came out and said the vaccine's fine. And then they did a study of a whole bunch of Europeans who said, we don't believe you. They've completely (laughs) lost face. 17 European countries have now banned the AstraZeneca jab. Okay, and now we're now uh, Biden's trying to send his remaining AstraZeneca jabs to, to Mexico, where no one's going to take it. Okay, yeah, Australia's doing the same thing. Like we're we're having problems with that rollout, and there's all these issues with it uh, from Europe. But we're sending it to Papua New Guinea because we're nice people. Like, right? <laughs> why um why is the response to the vaccines so varied, and is there, is there a lot of hyperbole on the negative side now? Are they, so, are they o- overstating injury and death? Or No, 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 no. First thing first, we have to call the anti-vaxxers out for fear-porning a lot of stuff. The original mm-hmm. premise of anti-vaccines was that the dose that a 60-year-old person and a dose that a, a baby gets is the same size. There is no differences in dosages. They also do not do a hormone test on a baby before they give them a a dosage. And every kid should have a different dosage level based off of their weight level. And they're giving kids 22 vaccines by the time they're three years old. They're not spacing them out. And it's all about cost effectiveness. Okay. Now that is the failure of vaccines. And I'm going to be, I'm going to hit the anti-vaxxers right in the nuts where it hurts them the most. If they wanted to change your DNA, there are far cheaper ways of giving you a vaccine that they can do it. It's called your water source, dummies, your food, the air that you breathe, chemtrails, the cell, the cell phone you put up next to your brain. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So if you think it's full of yeah. nanobots, I'm sorry, you're fucking loony. <laughs> yeah, in, in the first world, anyways, I think it's got to be like less than 2% of people who filter their own water. Everybody's coming off a major municipal run water treatment center now. It's I, I, that, right. that, that, that crossed my diabolical mind years ago, Andrew. Like, if you really wanted to do damage, the water supply would be the place to do it. 
Okay, that's and, the way and, they alter everything. Okay. And some councils here in Australia say you need a license to collect rainwater because, from their point of view, the council owns the rainwater. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I mean, now, like, now that I've hit the on villain level, right. now that I've hit the anti-vaxxers right in the nuts, let me hit the vaxxers in the nuts too. <laughs> what are they doing? They think any, any any the average normal stupid sheeple human will accept a vaccine that's created in eight months. <laughs> we're talking <Nothing> sus. <laughs> we're talking two hundred or four hundred million doses plus the research in eight months. That's why all the big governments have lost credit. Yeah. Okay. There weren't enough virus movies out there to scare us. Yeah, and okay. the media, the media is pushing the anti-vaxxer thing as well because there are people that like I'm up to date with my vaccines. I follow, you know, I look at the science, and if it's done well, it's all perfect. But I'm a bit wary about the COVID vaccine because it's only been eight months and it's been rushed through. The media goes, "Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer." You know that whole divide and conquer, the whole narrative. It's like right. if, if if you question the mighty vaccine, you, you're lumped into it. It's like, well, you know. <laughs> People are dying or what? blah, 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 you know, because they just think one shot cures all. It's like, we're not all the same, luckily. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to hit the anti-vaxxers in yeah. the nuts again. For all you <laughs> anti-vaxxers who say, do your research, bitches, you've never done your research. You want to know why? You have never gone and read the Supreme Court rulings that come out of the EU about the MMR vaccine or the Italian Supreme Court of the French Supreme or the German Supreme Court, where they ruled exactly the dosage levels is what I just said, and that the big, the big pharmacopoeia companies had to pay damages. Here mm -hmm. in the United States, pharmacopoeia has laws that make them immune to that stuff. There are hundreds of lawsuits through Europe that have already proven what's wrong with vaccines. Mm. Okay? No, so, I, bitches, do your real research and go and read the law papers. I like I, I, I get called an anti-vaxxer because yeah. I want higher safety standards on vaccines, which baffles the mind. Like, oh, what do you think of vaccines? Oh, we should have higher safety standards. Oh, you're anti-vaxxer. Bit of a jump. It sounds a bit flat earth. You know, flat earth, the earth is flat, so God exists. Like, what chasm of faith are you jumping here? Uh, I mean, and I also, I always start with, um, you know, I, vaccines work on paper. <laughs> for me. No, but, vaccines, uh, vaccines do work. The thing is, you have to have the right, the right blood test as yeah. a child that determines your hormone level because it's the hormone levels that make them have a bad reaction to it. Well, yeah, it's like um, uh, yeah, sometimes you don't put petrol. Well, sometimes you don't put uh, gasoline into a diesel engine. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, you know, you're being a farmer, you would know exactly like you need. <laughs> yeah, I, you I've actually, I've actually done that, Monty. That's fine. That's how I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a fun. It, it's a fun lesson. I'm like, ah, crap. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. So, so that that vaccine rollout's real slow too, right? It's causing a lot of m mental frustration. Like I have a lot of friends that they they just want to get it as soon as they can and get back to what they think is going to be normal. Um, well, yeah, you're but trusting a government to roll out a mass vaccination program when it can't it can't even run itself. Yeah, and they still say like, yeah, once you have the vaccine and the booster, you still have to wear masks and social distance. Right. And yeah. People are asking, well, why don't why are we having the vaccine then? Because, well, you know, the, the, the story was we get the vaccine, 
herd immunity, humanity can move forward. And we're not seeing that because, as David Icke keeps saying, we are ruled by psychopaths and run by idiots. Exactly. And remember, a psychopath is a high-functioning idiot. And on top of that, the the vaccine doesn't make you immune to the mutant strains that are running, killing everything right now. So (laughs) this vaccine... And, and if you talk to the real people that have done the real research, it probably only has a 35% success rate on the people that it will affect. It will affect meaning for the vast majority of the mutations. The rest of the people have a mutancy in their DNA or some odd DNA wrongs where they can't produce the antigen. And the antigen is going to determine if your immune system is going to fight off the sickness. And that is why we are not seeing this disease burn itself out. It's common for viruses that go through rapid and multiple mutations. They lose their genetic material, and then they can be taken care of by any common immune system. What we're seeing is it getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, is that part of the, uh, how do you describe it? It's a time-traveling, karma-based resolution virus. And, of course, you say that to anyone wearing a white coat and, like, I know you, I know the word virus. I don't know all the yeah. other ones. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, Car- time-traveling, time traveling, karmic debt, ve- sorry, time-traveling, karmic debt vehicle retribution virus. I'm doing it all bubbled up anyways. Yeah, but that's still, I do yeah. like, you did mention that um, it's left, it, it's gone off planet. And I yes, think, it you has. Know, and how the company doing the loose, it's like, what are you, what are you, this is tainted. What are you doing? <laughs> right. It's going after the, the people that are holding the black market loose the stocks. So what is the, as a galactic historian, uh, what is the galactic response to COVID coming out of earth? Because aren't we, weren't we supposed to be quarantined or some crap, but. um... So imagine a being who hasn't had to have a physical body in 20,000 years, suddenly having a butt pucker moment. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Suddenly a thing that's completely non-physical gives them a physical response because they're realizing you don't need a body to get this virus. It can jump to just your light body. Yeah, that prime creator is a smarmy little prick, isn't he? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> you think I'm flawed? I may have made a few mistakes, but deal with this, guys. <laughs> I was bored. I, it, was a, it was a weekend. I did. I finished reading Lord of the Rings. I, I thought I'll create COVID. I had, a long, <laughs> I had a long, drunken sexual affair with Earth Mother, and we came up with this virus. Okay. Earth Mother, <laughs> I love her. My woman. <laughs> Well, coming off the ecstasy and having pillow talk, and the, the viruses came up, and yeah, I... one thing led to another, yeah, and the next yeah. thing you know, we made a time traveling karmic retribution vehicle virus, <laughs> so just to fuck with the cabal, you know, and and also, um, and and then Earth Mother allowed it to leave her planet just to, um, you know, uh discourse compared uh, to for people to have a look at the cabal on earth <laughs> it's like where did this come from earth yeah. that bloody cabal again <laughs> yeah it's gotten some attention eh? yes yeah. so eddie is asking can planets have sex yes can what planets have sex yes yeah n- not like humans physically you don't see mars sliding up to jupiter hey baby <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would be a gay relationship. <laughs> It'd be Nothing more wrong like, with that. Are you ready for me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
So is that why Venus is between Earth and Mercury? <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. You, two, you two stay the fuck away from each other. Exactly. Stay the fuck away from each other. <laughs> so, yes, there are celestial swingers groups and all that. Yeah, I do like the uh, people say that the, the solar system looks like an atom. So, like, well, if you look at it one way, but uh, even our solar system's fucked. Because Venus goes the wrong way, Mars is dead, uh, Eurectum or Uranus, whatever that one's called, is on its side, uh, and yeah. Pluto is a planet. Then it's not. Then it, it um, well, people think Pluto is schizophrenic. I'm a planet now. I'm, I'm, I'm a planetoid. I'm a planet. I'm a planetoid. And that's uh, what this 66 planets yeah. in this, yeah. Uh, is that different sizes? Like, is Cryon class as a planet or, or it's just like 50 what is it 57 planets are all hidden is it on are they in the 3d any what are the how many how they're many planets beyond, are in the three they're beyond the oort cloud where we can't see and there's a okay. dual there's a binary star system ah. okay and there are some planets stuck between going between the binary star system that are right on the edge of the oort cloud okay so you have to visualize a double figure eight, a double figure eight of planets going through the rotational process, but our our planet stuck on this side. That's why it's a, the galactic ascension machine. Yeah, so so it's filtering a it out. It's a filtering <laughs> it out process. Yep. Yep. So where, where's the oil cloud? Is that on the outside of Pluto, or am I thinking it's beyond which, that? It's way beyond. Oh, that. All right, okay, yeah. What yeah. which makes sense is, and also, because um, if the sun is the the gravity center. That would make sense because um, science is we're unique because we're a, we're a singular. But if we are binary and there's a massive um, uh, connection between the two suns, where it's far enough away where we don't see it, then you sort of got it's a binary system, but the they've got their own system. Does that well, make sense? Yes. It's not that it's far enough away that we can't see it. It's blocked by the Oort cloud. Now oh, okay. the other the other aspect of the binary system has their version of an Oort cloud, but they have an inner ring and an outer ring, and then you have our outer ring and our inner ring. That's why it's blocked out. Okay. So what is there? Is there a, is there a, I'm, I've gone mirror like in Star Trek, the mirror universe. There's like you know there's Bizarro world <laughs> on the other planet sort of thing, and there's yeah there's a, a group of people looking outwards going, are we the only planet here? <laughs> Or I'm sure or. there is. I'm sure there is. So yeah. somebody had sent me. Uh, Robert had sent me a message from somebody who wanted to know what's the comedy version of the reset. It's not happening. That's the comedy version. Yeah, that, that's you the all joke. getting played. Yeah. That's the joke. Yeah, but uh, well, um, Carl Schwab's na- nickname is Anal Schwab. So <laughs> he got he got to China all the time. Oh, well, his, China, well, China Schwab. Yeah, what I find it fascinating is apparently um, China's giving anal swabs to foreigners. I'm like, is that the worst business decision for tourism? Or are they trying to go for that pink dollar for the gay, the no, homosexuals? You know, you, you know why, they do, why they're doing that? <laughs> this will fuck over those stupid Americans. We're going to yeah. anal swab them. Yeah. It's just, but, it's mean, just the, whole, the, whole, the whole visual of it, like the... Um, the public relations behind it is we're, you know, we don't, we don't take orders from anybody any, anymore. And we're going to, we'll show you, we're going to make these guys bend over and take an anal swab. And they're the most <laughs> literally country in exactly. the world. You, you think right. TSA are bad. You come here. We show you how to really feel evasive. <laughs> okay. And what's America going to do that? They're going to stuck net them again. 
We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna destroy five hundred thousand servers in one night. And there's some Chinese general. Why damn you? Why you anal swab? You killed my servers. <laughs> Release Jesus TikTok son. two. <laughs> right, and then TikTok two comes out. Jesus, I'm, I sure am glad we have a competent steward like Joe Biden to fight this battle. Oh, yeah. Joe, Joe, who can't tackle stairs, um, has insulted Putin, who wrestles bears. Uh, a bit of Dr. Zeus for you there. You know he means business if he goes on a China trip with his dogs, Monty. <laughs> yeah, or um, he's he, is that canine training? It's like, okay, now, uh, if you don't perform, if you don't listen to daddy, I'll leave you here to be eaten. Sick Chinese balls, chopper. <laughs> All I heard was sick ball. I like that, Phil. I haven't read the book, but I like that. I have read the book, actually. Uh, what's that called? What's that? Stand by me. I like that, Phil. Oh, yeah. That's actually, I'm not a huge Stephen King fan, but that quartet of novellas he did was absolutely brilliant. I have to tip my hand. All his best movies come out of that one collection of um, novellas. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, Stand by me. And what, what am I missing? Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and that's the only Stephen King book I've ever read in my life. Yeah. Well, you could read his tweets and <coughs> look how insane he is. Um, if you want some comedy, um, Rob Reiner. He's not trying to be funny. He, he just is funny. Where isn't it great that, you know, we can go to bed crying because Donald Trump's not president. It's like, well, the crying part, I believe. But like there are that many people that they thought Trump was, you know, Satan looks up to Trump and the world's in danger and they got rid of him. And I wake up every day feeling new in America. And it's like, it's been two months. And have you seen what Biden's done to America? Uh, Gasoline's jumped by $2. Unemployment's going up. And that was coming anyways, whether Trump was in office or not. All that was going to come anyways. All that was coming. Yeah, but you're not thinking like the mainstream media where any problems you blame the sitting president. That's how it works, isn't it? Well, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, okay, yeah. But I'm trying to help people understand all that was going to come anyways. Okay. Yeah. When you start just blame the sitting president, you don't actually get a reason why. And yeah. it's not that it's not that the failures that Trump had. It's because we had an OPEC oil war between Saudi Arabia and and and, um, and Russia where oil went to negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, uh, we pay you. nobody, nobody ever, nobody ever really explained that to me, that that situation we ended up in, in like year four of the Trump administration, where there was, there was oil sitting in shipping depots and the companies were paying companies to take the oil from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's something that's economically, according to the laws of economics, never supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, but it did. Was it 2019 yeah. that America was finally... In energy independence since 1957 i don't believe that uh, well yeah welcome to earth where you know there's a lot of information who knows what the fuck it's real or not or, and you know um uh, battling timelines so yeah I, I i realized this week i've gone from stands really to more of a uh-huh and i think the next step is meh, <laughs> like, meh. exactly meh yeah I'm creating my own reality. I'll change my belief engine and I will just um, start going, meh, okay. <laughs> and also I've got the Obi-Wan um, philosophy. Cut me down and I become more powerful than you can ever imagine. And I think that's why, you know, um, the dark side leaves me alone. 
because it's like, well, yeah, we don't want to wake him up <laughs> like spiritually because he'll cut, go to the other side and get super Jesus to come and beat the crap out of you. Or oh, did you know um, Easter um, on the, was it the Easter Friday, um, Black, uh, Black Friday, uh, Good Friday is I think yeah. the 2nd of April. It's also a full moon. So beware werewolf Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're gonna have to have, coming. Yep. We're gonna have to have a funeral for the baby Jesus pretty soon. I don't think this uh, this this second coming is. I don't think it's happening. I think it's a stillborn here. We need to we need to end this psychologically. It's tormenting the Abrahamic he, world. He he was aborted a while ago. Yeah. Well. <laughs> note to, note to future generations: never construct a religion with time delimited prophecies. It's a it's a powder keg waiting to go off. Uh, besides if jesus did come back today it would be canceled jesus they nobody would ever believe him yeah yeah, yeah. he'd be like tony be in, a, in a tent down in that portland faux city exactly and they're trying to give everyone wine and wine and fish and then the alcohol <laughs> tobacco and firearms comes out and goes where are you getting this wine from it's got no tax stamp on it they arrest his ass yeah, there you go. My father loves you. Get away from me, then you they, fag. Then, he, then they throw him into jail and he'd become a Muslim. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know Mo. He's a lovely chap. <laughs> All that, you know, um, that, that marrying your children, that's being blown out of, right, you know, out of proportion. That's all, all fake news. Indeed. I am Jesus. I'm Jesus and so is my wife. Hurry up and blow up the world, God, or I'm going to stop believing in you. <laughs> yeah, that Bill Hicks thing, the evangelicus, uh, tell me when, Lord, tell me when. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you, did you see that apparently uh, Boris Johnson, who, who looks like, um, uh, a, he, he looks like a bad version of Trump. It's like someone, someone's trying to, you know, um, an eight-year-old's trying to draw. No, 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 no. no, no. That, guy, that guy looks like. You know what that guy is? He's he's a Muppet fluffer. That guy. That's what he is. <laughs> Muppet well, fluffer. Yeah, with with all the COVID and the restrictions and the uh, uh, the lockdowns, he's decided to. Uh, we'll buy. Let, let's buy some more nuclear weapons because it's our that- moral standing. Because apparently, blowing up the world eight times is not enough. He's got to go up to ten. Now, I'm Ooh. a bit of a thinker. I think once Ooh. is enough. Boris, what, what's yeah, going? The they're, the, Brit- the United Kingdom their uh, nuclear arsenal in twenty twenty one. Yep. Yes. Yep. Are nuclear weapons even relevant anymore? Absolutely. Mm, well, absolutely. Well, for the know, economy, you know what, yeah. You know, you know what for? What no. are nuclear weapons relevant for? Brinksmanship. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, Brinksmanship. Big dick Brinksmanship swing. is still it's still a, a form of controlling the world. Have we yeah. had another moment like it's been like like um like the Cuba incident since then? No. Why? Well, there is one, there is one hinted in the eighties, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um. Well, isn't that part of the narrative to um sort of have fear running in the background? So there's all that background louche, if I could say it that way. No, the the, the Cuban Missile Crisis did more to awaken people to the false reality that it did to scare them and that's why there hasn't been another high level brinksmanship like that yes yeah 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 uh we're on the same page uh but there that makes sense you don't want yeah people waking up like you know we don't need to blow up the world 16 times (laughs) kind of weird Ah, 
Jesus, he does look like a Muppet. He's a Muppet fluffer. Yeah, he gives a lot of a lot of hand jobs. A Muppet fluffer gets them warmed up. Well, according to Disney Plus, uh, the Muppets are racist. So you know we're still allowing to show it, but we we want to start a conversation. Oh my God, I don't even want to talk about that race in the twenty first century. Does anybody uh, well, even, does anybody even have a race anymore? Like I don't really like I'm I'm Scottish, French, Irish, and I think about I don't know like one twelfth native. Does anybody does anybody even have a race anymore? I mean, I mean the the, the last great homogeneous societies are Japan, Korea, and China. China's done thanks to uh, Mao Zedong's one child policy. I can't remember if that was Mao or Deng who started that. Maybe Deng Xiaoping, but. They're done because they have to import women to breed now, so they're going to lose their the integrity of their racial identity. Um, I think the the Mex- uh, uh, Eskimos or Inuits, however you want to yeah. say it, they're probably the the purest race on the planet. Which I like to point out to Nazis or you know white supremacists, like we're pure. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, even with the the Atlanta shooting, where the media is pushing, um, oh, it's race. But the guy um, had, uh, it was a sex issue type thing. Yep. Um, and I saw um, uh, uh, something what, on Instagram. What's that now? Well, what he happened? basically. I'm on a news fast. Uh, um, uh, a complete nut job went to three massage parlors and shot eight people dead. And they happened, six of them happened to be Asian. So the media is ramping it up as saying, oh, this is racism. But he actually has said, no, my motivation was I have a, uh, it, was, it was a sexual problem, whatever it was. And um, it was attack on sex workers, basically. But they're pushing the race narrative. So not, none of those shops were sex worker well, shops, though. That's the thing. They yeah. were normal massage parlors. Two of them even had men working at them. Profe- total professional people. Yeah, well, see, yeah, well, he's, he's a nut bar, so <laughs> get your things right. But it basically, um, when yeah. you see, when, when you, you should, uh, I translate it in my head where it's like, you know, white man kills eight Asians. All I see is human kills eight humans. That's too yeah. much logic. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Here I am yeah. thinking. <laughs> there you are thinking again. Damn you, you gotta be, you gotta be a white sheep, Monty. Come on, so, no more black sheep stuff. I'm I was, bad. I was gonna. I was going to ask if it, you know, his issue was um, some kind of moral based religious issue with sex for sale or the price. But no, my... he had a porn addiction. And the day before he did the shootings, his family kicked him out because he he had a sex addiction and was had gone to several sex addiction rehab clinics, similar to drug re- rehab clinics, and was in a variety of uh, halfway houses. And he had come home finally and got kicked out. And um, he just decided to go on a killing spree because he couldn't control his sexual urges. And his Jeez. belief was, I'm just going to go and kill all the sex workers. By going to, going to uh, businesses don't, that don't have sex workers. So, yeah, genius. Well, it is belief all massage people are sex workers because it's a religious concept behind him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Some of those Southern Baptist religions get a little extreme in some of their definitions. 
I actually shared a meme, uh, which is about memes, a couple of days ago. Uh, uh, how was it? Um, the only way I find out what happens as a major event is if someone says something about a major event, unless I've seen a meme about it, I don't know it exists. <laughs> and so that's where you're, where you're at, Bruce. Where Did you see the news? I'll wait for the memes and then I'll find out. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't watch it anymore. It's so ludicrous. I mean, I, I was with it right up until the election, right? And then I said, okay, that's it, Bruce. I mean, you don't need to watch this stuff anymore. I keep up on the major issues. I look, I, what, I do, what I do to supplement because I don't want to become ignorant and reading a few New Yorker, Atlantic Monthly and, and um, a high-end American magazine publication articles just to see, you know, okay, what, what are they really thinking about these days beyond the headlines? But the day by day, man, that's, a, that's, some, that's some kind of like medieval Catholic masochism watching the news on a daily, daily right. basis now. Exactly. Straight up, straight up whipping themselves. Yeah. I, I, there's I, su such a huge population of the elderly in America. The news channel is on 24-7 in their home. Yeah. My, Morning, my, noon, my and night. My parents are like that. I call for just a hello, how you doing? And it's just like an hour of like, just it's like nonstop, Justin Trudeau this, Justin Trudeau that. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, whew, that's bad in old age, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, why would you at that point in your life pollute yourself with a bunch of worldly issues? doesn't make too much sense to me. Because they grow up, they grew up with a civics, civic, civic living mindset. Yeah, they, they had the yeah. papers back in the day, but now news is 24-7 pumped into the TV. Mm -hmm. And so the not addiction, but that thought, um, the, the construct is now, well, we can get news all the time. And once again, Bill Hicks said this back in 1990. I don't know if you've watched CNN for 12 hours a day. I wouldn't recommend that, but it's death, famine, AIDS, death, famine, AIDS. Then you look at your window. <laughs> where is all this shit happening? Right. Not by you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, he's, I think Ted Turner is not, you know, Jane Fonda's not fucking Ted Turner. So he makes up all this stuff. <laughs> by 1993, everyone will die of AIDS. If I'm not having sex, no one can. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I, I'd say we lost all semblance of balance when they quadrupled the MBA programs in the 80s. And then, and then it just went crazy from there. We don't talk to each other so much as sell stuff to each other, you know, especially in North American society. Took me a while to shake that up here too. And you stand out like a sore thumb. Um, but, you know, it, it, is, it is a world, a solar system and a galaxy and a universe of commerce. So exchanges are extremely important, but the foundation of our exchange is so corrupt now. It's, it's, yeah. it's like radioactive. It goes through everything, right? You just, just think about sometime, the last time somebody told you the truth. Like anybody, like a friend, that is, like especially when you're doing business, especially like when you're just, you're looking to invest in something or something like that. Everybody's always selling. Nobody's going to tell you the downside about something. Nobody's going to tell you just what exactly is going on. It's just, you know, and, and it's, it's invaded everything. It's invaded our education. It's invaded our medicine. It's invaded uh, just all of our institutions and, and put them into this, uh, what do we call it there, Monty? The satanic flip, the satanic inversion. 
the yeah. black mirror everything's upside down it, it's yeah upside and down, upside down and, it, and inside out and alan from the chat room said it's a world of toxic infomercials yeah yeah and yeah. my issue with the solar planet solar system galaxy universe is like everything's business i'm like i think i'm i reach back to my god spark and was like I don't like this. I just want to have fun. I, why is everything business? I, I like to point out you can get away with anything on the planet, but you have to pay the debt. That's the only thing that cannot be uh, ignored on every level. It's you have to pay the debt, even including the uh, the yeah. Ponzi scheme that is the Federal Reserve of like, you know, oh, you know, we killed someone, you've done something, but yeah, you owe us money. You have to pay the debt. And I find that that's, that's the only sort of law on this planet. Pay the debt. And yeah. I'm like, no, especially if it's made out of thin air where, you know, the, the, yeah, the fed crap. Anyway, it's a comedy show. <laughs> so I'm going inter- to, I'm going to interject something, a different t- topic for just a second here. And um, I was having a, a private conversation with friend um, earlier this week. And when the 2008 scandal hit and that one banker that was a part of the 2008 scandal went to jail except for Bernie Madoff, who had nothing to do with the 2008 scandal. He just ran a pure Ponzi scheme and had been running it for nearly 20 years. And guess what? He didn't get Epstein. So why is Madoff (laughs) still alive and Epstein dead? Well, his name, it's in the name. He made off. Okay. (laughs) Because he was protected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was protected because he would have brought down what? The entire system? No, no, no. The regulators. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What he was doing (laughs) and were all paid off. There's a a lot more to Madoff, though. Oh, hell yes. Oh, there's a lot more to him. That's, that's, um, that's not a one dimensional story. He, he was, that he was controlled by the Mossad that he was an Israeli friend. They had people in Toronto uh, operating on his behalf as well. And I I learned this working with Bob, Uh, Bob met the Toronto guy. And um, yeah, that was a total Mossad thing. And um, so he was protected. I mean, he, he did have to go to jail. It was devastating. His son committed suicide. I mean, it's not a pleasant yeah. thing he's been through. But that did so. But something even more important got said there that I just sort of skated over. So Epstein's really gone. Well, that's debatable. Yeah, that's from the, what I, I saw, think, I, think he's dead. I, I personally think he's dead. Well, uh, what I found interesting, like, well. Uh, the body they wheeled out didn't seem to look like him, but uh, it's just from a photo, but uh, he could have been, uh, he may have not died in the cell, but he's probably dead now, if that makes sense. But once again, that's just conjecture. I think the body they wheeled out was him. Mm. I think they had mm. one window of opportunity to kill him and they took it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was done really badly. Cause everyone's like, right. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. We really only see one Epstein event per generation. Is that right? Somebody who's super famous that dies off really fast. That's supposed to do something. Because, yeah. yeah. okay, uh, what's his face? Uh, Assange is still alive. Okay. I mean, there's quite a few people who are still alive that didn't get Epstein. Yeah. Uh, it's similar well, to uh, the, the, the drug running uh, like in uh, Asia to Australia. Uh, probably once every 10 years they they let they capture someone so it looks like they're doing their work 
um, like there was um, Barlow and Chambers in the 80s. They were caught smuggling heroin. And then um, about a decade later, there was another person, um, even Chappelle Corby, if you're familiar with that. She was uh, allegedly, um, she was smuggling marijuana into Bali. <laughs> it's like really it's it's like you know trying to um smuggle cocaine into panama why <laughs> why yeah. what are you doing and also marijuana is pretty uh low on the totem pole in in bali because you know you can buy mushrooms over the counter basically there so it's the the governments are they find a sort of patsy to look we're doing stuff but you know they let everyone else go through especially when you've got Marines um, guarding poppy fields in Afghanistan. Nothing sus. So I want you all to think back. We had that Russian guy who got the, uh, the radioactive uh, pellet put in him that died in London. What was that in 2017 or 2016? I believe he lived, Andrew. I believe he and his daughter lived. I could be wrong. No, he died. He died. That was oh, another one that lived. That was re more recent. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 The first yeah. guy, he died. And then like six people that came in contact with him died also. Yeah. The polonium poisoning. So and he he was going to reveal a lot about the, the Russian KGB and the stuff that was going on. And the, he got Epstein. Yeah. Now, let's look back at history. What other things do we remember about the last 25 years in history? Going back, let's say, to 1995. What other Epstein type things were done to people? Okay. Uh, Princess Diana. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, she was, total, she was total, Epstein. Total ritual, including the monument they built for her in Oxford. Um, what, what was going on with all those? I, I, I'm not going to do an individual. I'm going to choose a group as an entity, okay, with, with similar parameters and characteristics. What was with all? The banker debts. When was that? About 2014? Like every other week, one of them was falling off a building. Well, uh, one was, that was found hanging from a bridge. Yeah, yeah yes. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So that was 2015 to 2017. And then yeah. it was stopped. So whoever was doing it stopped reporting it. But it got up to over 360 bankers and vice presidents and vice presidents around the world that died. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and then and then another one I'll add also in the grouping motif. It's not you, you ask for Epstein's, but this is kind of the same concept, but not exactly. individual. It is. So the 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 mysterious deaths of all the microbiologists as well. And mm -hmm. I think this one was about 12 years. There, there are so many things on my list, Andrew, that <laughs> I, it just sits there in the back of Bruce's database. And I go, one day I'm going to get an answer to that question. What the <laughs> hell happened to all those microbiologists? Well, Amanda actually pointed, in chat pointed out um, in the last four or five years, there's a lot of uh, health doctors being um, taken that, out or they happen to naturopaths yes yeah, yeah yeah oh i've discovered this cure for everything oh i've fallen down some stairs even though i live on a, a single story house or oh, i shot myself in the back of the head with a shotgun twice you know like i was a suicide have you ever tried to shoot yourself well obviously i haven't but i mean how can you get the second shot off <laughs> like, if yeah. you've been shot in the back of the head once <laughs> like... yeah okay max spears absteined Mm. Yeah. Now, what was the thing with Spears? What was I he doing? I can't, I can't answer that publicly. Okay. 
Cause, causes but too much of a curse. Show's over, room. folks. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll just go to our breakout room. Uh, see us in two weeks. Bruce want answer now. <laughs> so without, uh, well, a yes or no answer, he knew something. That's basically it. I can neither confirm or deny that. <laughs> no, uh, <yeah>. no comment. <laughs> well, he's dead. That's, you know, um, so. No comment. <laughs> but we live forever i've seen it in the highlander movie um oh, 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 oh. that's only one highlander <laughs> yeah one yeah played by a frenchman there can, which are, there yeah. can be only one <laughs> now uh, back, yeah, they make four the, movies though now back to the epsteiners okay <laughs> now we we just talked about the bankers that were dying the chinese generals that were dying off too we don't remember that one yeah, the big purging of the Chinese generals that were robbing the people's army of money left and right, suddenly ending up dead. Okay. Now, a whole bunch of people have died in the last seven years, Epstein'd. Let's look to the future. No. Let's, let's just postulate everyone here. What's the next thing that they're going to make the mistake and the next type of Epstein Epsteinism we're going to see? I don't know anything about that. But I will tell you, the Democrats are doing a better job of trumping people than Trump did. They're getting rid of Cuomo. They're getting yeah. rid of Newsom. I mean, it's, it's like so I'm looking at Biden and Harrison going, hey, hey, my guy was supposed to do that. Right. <laughs> this is why I'm asking, are we going to see another Epstein? I don't think I'll, imagine if Gavin Newsom. No, no, no. Imagine if Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, suddenly had a car accident. You don't think us conspiracy people go, he got Epstein'd. Yeah, well, that uh, didn't Breitbart get taken out? Because yep. if you've got the certain level of, uh, even my car's like 2003, it's probably got about four computers in it. And I've actually seen a video of, um, uh, I think it was a 2016 BMW, and someone hacked it with one of these. <laughs> they, had, they had an iPad right next to it, and they hacked it and, and took over its driving. So, I mean, if they want to take someone out, they can. And I think, uh, like, people probably want Trump to be Epstein'd, but in the in the power play shuffle, Trump's more dangerous, not more dangerous, he's better alive because he could be used, you know, like, now he's not Hitler, but the reason that the um, the Allies kept Hitler alive at the end of World War II because Hitler was losing the war uh, for Germany. And so there's that sort of power play. Also, um you don't want to turn Trump into a martyr because you, I mean, you, you can see the love for Trump now. Imagine if he was taken out and for, for a century, we're doing this for, for the Don. <laughs> a lot of loosh, Monty, a lot of loosh. Uh, oh right, yeah. Well, Trump remember right when I'm um, right. That's a, that's yeah. a big payday for some interdimensional intergalactic uh, type commerce people. Yeah. Well, remember when uh, Robin Williams um, transitioned, and I don't know if he did it himself or he was coerced or whatever, but the the knock-on effect, because he was such a beloved comedian and human being and he was quite nice, he survived drugs, but uh, I I believe the story is he started to get Parkinson's or something and that's you know, what Lou, sort of... Lou, Louis Body's dementia. Yeah. So he started literally fading in and out of time and completely losing control of his natural capacity to be himself. 
Yeah, and mm. uh, you know what that type of mind to see his mind working on stage that massive shock for him. The interesting thing is uh, the 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 outpouring of grief because Robin um, passed. The amount of louche they got from that. Right, there's a lot of louche from that. Yeah. Now people are saying Michael Jackson, he wasn't Epstein. No, it was just his time to go in the ritual sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Okay? His his number got picked in the ritual sacrifice. Yeah. Because um, he was he was doing a comeback. He had that massive um, history show. I mean, I haven't seen the footage, but the the actually recorded him doing rehearsals for the new tour, and then he died, and uh-huh. that's fuel fueling the whole thing. I mean, there's still people you now from my from what I've seen the evidence. Uh, Razor Fist on YouTube's gone through it, and it doesn't look like he um, did the things with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still people today basically joke about, oh, Michael Jackson is a pedophile and only because the idea comes from the media. Yeah. They smear and print. Pr- yeah. And print and Prince as well, uh, seemed to, um, slip off the mortal call and an interesting time because th- I've seen video of him talking about chemtrails and he's just doing that observation thing of like, it's fascinating where you're in a neighborhood and everyone's getting on really well. And then this straight line of a cloud goes across and then 20 minutes later, everyone's angry. And he was only questioning. He wasn't saying, oh, you know, um, geoengineering, everything, blah, blah, blah. And he seemed to go as, um, mind you, it could be just record companies trying to make money because Sony wanted the Michael Jackson catalog to make money from it. And yeah. uh, Prince, I think, was with Warner Brothers. And Prince has recorded up to 60 albums worth of material. And that's just sitting in a vault. And so they're waiting for the right time. And you can see the business model because they still release Elvis uh, records, um, Beatle records. I mean, two of them, well, maybe one and a half are still alive. Even um, um, oh, who's the other one? Oh, I've gone blank. Um, uh, Jimi Hendrix. They keep finding yeah. shows. And, um, and so the business model is not to release everything at once, is to stagger, uh, which kind of sucks, but you know, oh, here's a new, here's one song that he played in Baltimore once, and we'll release that 60 years after it actually happened. I'm looking for something. It's ugly. All right. So the last time we had an American senator who died slash Epstein was 2014. October 22nd, 2002, Senator Paul Wellstone, along with five passengers. Yeah. Um, and then he got elected because his name was still <laughs> on the ticket. The dead guy got elected. That was the last time we had an American senator assassinated. Okay? Is that when um, uh, the, they said that the plane lost compression uh, and everyone died uh, asphyxiated, but the plane just kept going for hours and then finally... Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were all they were all murdered. Now, yeah. there were uh, some other senators who have had questionable deaths. Um, mm. It's not like they were car accident or anything. They, they died and died from sicknesses and shit like that, which is very easy to sneak into a hospital and kill somebody if you just watch any of the board movies. All right. Mm-hmm. OK, that, that shit does happen. But the last time I personally realized that there was an assassination of an American senator, are we going to see senators and congressmen fall out of the sky, Epstein, for not towing the party line? I believe mm. we will in the next four years. 
Yeah. I believe we are, we, we, we are going to see at least one more Epstein. And now it's a matter, do they bungle it real bad and the news agencies have to report it? Because think about it, when Epstein dies, the agencies didn't want to cover it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, even now, like, um, uh, when did Epstein go? Was it 2018? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, 2020 is like the year out of time in a certain way. Um, in 2019, the, our, our, the Australian Grammys, which are called Arias, uh, the hip-hop uh, who the hip hop group that won uh, called Hill, Hilltop Hoods even just said as a joke, oh, and Epstein didn't, in their acceptance speech, oh, nope. and Epstein didn't kill themselves. He died in 2019, August 10th, 2019. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, time travel. It's fun. Yes. Anyway, um, but the, yeah, one of the, the rappers in Hilltop Hoods said, oh, and Epstein didn't kill himself, which is like a joke meme, but it's based in truth. And they got lambasted the next day. Um, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. They're still pushing the, the conspiracy. They keep saying it's a conspiracy theory. And it's unless you actually look at uh, what, you know, you look at the facts of what actually happened. He's supposed to be, you know, we, we, everyone knows, basically. We know, I don't have to go through it. Where it just happened to be the, the cameras were off. Um, both guards were having a cigarette break, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, right, this is a high security level thing. And all of this, you know, the, the stars aligned. And then Epstein somehow found a rope and killed himself. In, in an um, anti-suicide chamber where, where everything's yeah, yeah. been taken away so he can't kill himself. Yeah, even yeah. Stephen Crowder tried to um, attempt to do the same thing live on air. And um, I think also from what mm. the report says uh the wrong vertebrae broke or something yeah there's all you know there's a lot of um right. hang on what's going on here that um that mcc that metropolitan correctional center in manhattan is also used uh, for high risk international prisoners uh mm-hmm. juan guzman el chapo stayed there i mean and he's the master breakout artist he broke out of every prison in mexico <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened to him in there I think I think they had Noriega there for a while as well when they extracted yep, they him they from did. Panama. Like Rikers Island. So this is like the, this is like the top tier jail in the United States that the FBI and 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 foreign intelligence agencies who are doing international warrants and extractions. That's the jail they use. And Epstein Epstein died there. Like <laughs> it's like you know since what the one thing that's happened since two thousand and one. And I can't quite figure it out. Maybe you two gentlemen can help me. But there has just been so much shit that's happened that nobody can look at anything that happens now and, and fully believe it without questioning it. Like since, since 9-11 onwards, my, my thesis is it's so in our face, it's an indirect declaration that we're here, we're running things. This is how things are going to happen now. I mean, you, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I don't even get upset about it anymore. Okay, I guess we're going to the shackles. You know, time to leave. But so, um, th- th- what, this is what, what I th- think. I think they're going to do whatever they can do to hide it. But their gall, arrogance has gotten yeah. so much that Universe. they ended up having to Epstein. He shouldn't. Why wasn't he killed before he got brought in? Why yeah, was well, that's the killed? second time he was brought in? Right. Why wasn't he killed in, after two thousand seven when he got convicted? What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of what really, I mean, and um, even Julian Assange, uh, he should have been taken out multiple times right. beforehand. 
Uh, and that's like, I mean, I've had people on my roundtable saying, oh, no, they control everything. And yet we're still on radio. If they controlled everything, we're not, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. Uh, and it's, it's the projection of we are your overlords while we cling to any possible thing. Cause you know, it's, that's where I think, you know, uh, the light, this pushback from the light, as Bruce said, where we, you can see everything unfolding, where the spell's breaking and their hubris of like, well, we can, we've got away with this for hundreds of years. <laughs> We're just going to show everyone because all you people are idiots. Why isn't our plan working? What because I, it's, yeah. What, what, one of, uh, one of the things I've learned working uh, with Andrew is the subtlety and multidimensionality of consent. And so really on a certain level, some level of consent has always been amongst a human population through mind control to allow what's going on here. But it seems to be going from a, a kind of an etheric fantasy state to really coming down to like ink on paper now. It's really getting to the point where nobody can say, I, this isn't how things are run. I, I can't even believe there are still Karens and Kens around. Like, they, they, they should have gone extinct by about 2016, you know, but here they are stronger <laughs> than ever. And you, you got to wonder what reality matrix are they living in? I mean, don't they know? Has nobody whispered in their ear? Like it, it's, it's, it's almost like an extended infantilization. I, I, I try not to get frustrated with people like this, but some time ago, my, um, my energy stopped giving itself over to the other side and blaming them for everything. And I shifted a little bit to us, like, you know, on some level we're allowing all of this and nobody seems to want to acknowledge that it's, it's just, you know, think of it like an ugly family truth that nobody wants to confront, like what one, what uncle Diddley's doing, you know, and it, it's just like, everybody knows it's going on, you know, suddenly the whole world is Shanghai. I mean, I, I really don't think we can say we're any less corrupt than anywhere else in the world now. The, the high ideals of American exceptionalism, they started a slow, protracted death for me 2001. And, but until then, I bought in. I knew it wasn't perfect, but it was the best we could do on the planet right now, bringing all these people and languages to together, creating a multicultural society under a common ambition trying to create a new culture from many cultures. I think it was an ambitious social experiment. And, and it was worthy of the emotional and spiritual support people gave it, but not anymore. I mean, it's, it's a bad note now. It's, it's just completely counterfeit. So the, the counterfeit nature of the system we have, but there's still people believing in it. And what I wanted to say is we, we, we are due another Epstein. But in that journey to the next Epstein is the story that leads into an Epstein moment. Now, we already have dozens of guys that should have been Epstein that are in public right now. Do dozens of stories. And we'll, we'll, I'll use Marjorie Taylor Greene right now, the, the Q senator that's talked about XX and X. Clearly, she's an agent. Clearly, mm -hmm. she's an agent that's been exposed and yet they haven't taken her off the off the playing field yet, okay? And now they're trying to put her back on the playing field by saying, I never really said all that stuff, okay? <laughs> it wasn't really me. It was somebody else putting up on my Twitter or putting up on my Facebook. So yeah. they're trying to rewrite the bullshit 
so that the agent can stay in position. Okay. Mm. And Epstein as an agent, he was there to clearly collect blackmail. Okay. He was there to get the network, the blackmail network going. Where is the blackmail network now? Yeah, well, that's the part of the thing of like, you know, there's this evil shadow uh, entity in the background manipulating everything. And it's like, well, well how, why is it everyone's um, an operative? It, you know, that security paranoia, not security, sorry, the conspiracy world paranoia. Well, it, it, uh, I mean, people said, you know, Trump was put in to destabilize and, you know, Trump's uh, Trump's working with the cabal and like, I, he's probably a different faction in the cabal, but he, it, unless he was, uh, he knew he would be the, um, the, the, the villain of the piece for four years and they're still trying to drag him back now where problems now, oh, that's Trump's fault. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah, it's that whole thing of like, well, if they're like Alex Jones, um, well, I suppose if you get to a point where um, if they get taken out, it just proves what they're saying type thing. So mm-hmm. it is fascinating to watch. Well, you know, uh, the world is a stage and uh, we all have our part to play. But the whoever wrote the script sucks, especially now in season four. <laughs> so who all here knows what the Panama Papers and the Paradise Papers are? I'm familiar with them. Are you? Okay. Right there is follow the money. Mm. That proves all the shell companies, all the laundered money, it's all there, and it's directly network property mapped. So, Bruce, you're a a computer person. When you network map something, what does that mean? It means you get all the endpoints. You see the starting and the endpoints of all transactions. I mean, they've got everything digitally now. They've they've had it since, you know, the Panama Papers, which I think was about... uh, 2016 if i'm not mistaken it's all fully digitally mapped and since then there has been a rapid reshuffling of shell companies and a remaking of shell companies but the thing is that system still has to use some of the old shell companies because government to get the government payout to another company is a pain in the ass yeah well didn't two german guys actually map um, all the, yeah. you know, I think the Panama Papers uh, helped it out, but is, what is it? 700 corporations basically control all of business or, you know, it's when people say, oh, there aren't, there isn't a small group of people controlling the world. Well, if you look at this map, it shows that there's a small group of people controlling the world. Like it, um, mainstream media in the United States, it's five corporations that owns everything, not the alternative side, but and it's, um, it's it's just really it's that cognitive dissonance where it's like uh, no there isn't a, a conspiracy you're insane and then you show them basic logic of like well these five companies own everything oh you're insane mm-hmm. so as I've been, been leading up with this conversation I believe in the next three three years or less. And this is not prediction. You don't need to be a psychic to predict this shit. This is just me looking at reality and seeing the patterns. We're going to see a series, a unfortunate series of Epsteinian events. I'm going. I'm not. I don't want this to happen. But I'm going to put Ted Cruz up as an. Yeah. I'm going to nominate Ted Cruz. Uh, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Ted. Ted knows yeah. the game real well. He knows all the breaks and on on the fairway. He knows everything. They, they're not gonna. 
he he can play for any team. He's he's an asset, right? He, mm. You know, he just, he just kind of fooled us. Ran, all. R- what about Rand Paul? Uh, he's too. Uh, no, and 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 he's not really. He, he's just a muckraker. Yeah. And they've, really, got, they've got enough dirt on him to make him say whatever they want him to say. Mm-hmm. So what? Um, I guess what I guess what we're looking for here is the line. And right, I think the the line. the line is when you have something actionable in court, then you have to go, right? Or you're going to say something publicly that that really will have that momentary effect on people that changes mass consciousness. Then you got to well, go. Like, um. Okay, what about Elon Musk? Is he allowed to do these things because he's he's following a certain uh, agenda? With what, even with him out knowing, well, he is um, a mover and shaker in the culture, and yeah. he's uh, creating AI and Neuralink, wants to go to Mars and all this type of stuff. And it's interesting, like how Bill Gates can. Well, Bill Gates is evil, but Elon seems to he's, he wants to help humanity, but it's still in that small window where it, the the powers that be allow it to happen, type thing. Yeah, he's not a he's not a Nikola Tesla. Yeah, I, I think he was anointed to be that person as the potential way out, knowing they've lost the game and they, they really can't get it back in control. And if they're going to do anything, they want power on the other side if they can negotiate a, 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 some kind of release. But the thing is, the destructions that they've created so far doesn't allow any of them to ever be in control again. Okay, is that the fight that the, the cabal's doing? Because they, the, they realize that um, there is massive change and they still want to be in control on the other side. But the no middle man, of... the middle ah, managers okay. want control. The upper managers don't want to let go of control, but it's the middle managers going, I can give up a lot, but I want a power on the other side. But not even the middle managers are going to survive because of the damage that they've already done. Yeah, um, is that like going to um, uh, the inner earth where they sort of control everything? So it's like, well, no. <laughs> right. We're never going to put you lizards back in power again. Yeah. I do like, I mean, one of your reports about the, the inner earth was that um, the, the idea is maybe we allow, it's that monster Monsters Inc. theory that I came up with. They're going to allow people to live life and produce laughter instead of screams. And so they may try and shift from loosh to uh, a positive loosh. I think Oosh. I'm saying it wrong. Poosh. Poosh. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried? Yeah, you've tried loosh, but if you try this poosh, it's 10 times as powerful and addictive. And it's got free will behind it. Yeah, now with free will. That's the marketing. <laughs> yes. Now new and approved. Poosh. Now with free will. <laughs> try it. You'll be gone for months. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Someone said that uh, we could end poverty on the planet with $30 billion, and none of these people are doing anything. $180 billion. And that's for 10 years, including transportation cost. But can you imagine the earth after 10 years where um, I don't see at the end of 10 years, everyone goes back into poverty? Well, no, you can pay, you can feed every man, woman, and child three meals a day for 10 years, and every living person on the planet for 10 years for $180 billion, including the transport of the food. Can you imagine Africa if it was, um, if it was like Europe? How okay, big again, of a con- that includes water also. That doesn't just include okay. food, that's water too. $180 yeah. billion a year? Yep. No, for 10 years. So $18 so- billion a year could yep. feed the world. And that's not very much money at all. Nope, it's two stealth airplanes. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, profit versus humanity. Um, can you imagine uh, Africa if it hadn't had been had the shit kicked out of it for four hundred years? How much of a health? You know, the continent could be the same as North America and and Europe with intelligence and technology and advancements. It it boggles the mind because of uh, like uh, technically there aren't any poor African countries. There's just poor African people because the countries are extremely rich. They're just yeah. been um, taken over and you know and this is where the the anti racists kick in. Oh, colonizers and blah blah blah. But it's not every white person. There's a small group of people who are inbred fucks that control everything. It's like saying, oh, the British are terrible. Well, no, uh, 95% of the British are are treated like shit as well from the elites. Actually, Monty, I'd say historically, the Africans have been more fucked over by their own people than than outsiders coming in. Same thing with China. The thing about China, you can't do anything to China. China hasn't already done to itself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They've seen it all. They're they're an 8,000-year-old society. Imagine how many transformations they've gone through. Everybody should take the time if you want to read probably the greatest Chinese classic of all time. It's I, I forget when it was written several centuries ago, but it's called The Three Kingdoms. And it, it was the war for a unified China mm-hmm. and, and a time of, you know, power struggle, warlords. It's just an incredible society. And um, I, I think it's the same thing with Africa as well, right? And um, this race is something that has become particular in the, uh, the new multicultural society. It's, it's, it's something that they can do. It's a leverage that they create agitation, self-protection. Protection, protection and prostitution, the two piece are probably the two oldest economies in the human sphere, right? There's the other stuff, the louche and the genetics and all of that stuff stuff but protection and and prostitution so you you rile people up and and then what do they need they need protection right so that's all there is to it yeah i think even in rome their their fire brigade was a protection racket look you give us a couple of shekels or your house will burn down (laughs) yeah all right yeah 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 there's a lot of cultures that view insurance as interim financing Exactly, interim financing. Yeah, burn. We need some money. We'll buy something, put ten percent down, insure it, and burn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and then default on the loan, and then we'll go and do this business we wanted to do in the first place. So <laughs> it's it's like it's like a motif that's cre- that's really should be coming apparent to everybody now is that you, systems based theory is is never going to work as well as direct human interaction. You know, Ministry of Child Welfare will fuck up more children than than two or three loving families who take in castaways in a community, right? So something about institutionalizing something because everybody involved in it is, you know, by biblical definition, is a kind of prostitute. They're they're doing it for money, which is the wrong the wrong reason to do. Society can't fundamentally an institution cannot be compassionate. It, 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 it doesn't have the infrastructure of a human being. It doesn't have the energy centers and the multidimensional bodies to generate that moment of insight to create compassion. Compassion is always spontaneous. You can't manufacture compassion. 
HBO tries its best. I mean, all the TV stuff and everything, they try their best. Spontaneous. And, and why, why am I so articulate about this? Well, I've given it a good think because one of the founding doctrines of the Canada of the last generation and a half, which I grew up in under Pierre Elliott Trudeau, the father of our present prime minister, he created the phrase compassionate society. Um, Pierre Trudeau contributed a lot. He, he moved the ball as far down the field as anybody in this globalization game. And nobody really pays a lot of attention to him because he was Canadian and, and the spotlight's been on, you know, Washington since World War II, but compassionate society. And I got to thinking about that. I said, and I, I was watching the results of all these institutions, you know, child welfare, the allopathic socialized medicine system in Canada. And, you know, they end up hurting and killing as many people as they help. That might be a, a little bit imbalanced. I, I'm, I'm not speaking statistically, but it's the same thing with spirituality. The, the moment you institutionalize it, even if it's a 50, 5031C or whatever they call it in the U.S., it, it loses something. It's, it's, it's like part of the power of the experience is being given away to the institution. The question then becomes, and I realize this is pretty fucking far away from comedic. <laughs> the question then becomes, how do you create economies of scale where people work together without institutions? There, there's a real question. You're never going to hear a Democrat say that at a podium, a Republican a, or a liberal or a conservative in Canada or Australia. How do you do it? How, how do you teach people who've been institutionalized since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution when they illuminated cities, the real hard screws of what we'll call the global narrative by, by Andrew's timeline, okay? How do you take people who that this now, if you go 40 years a generation, it's three generations, how do you free them from that? How, how do you free them from that mindset? If, if all the institutions crumble tomorrow, most people's first thought would be, hey, we got to rebuild these institutions. <laughs> Never for a moment thinking they fucked everything up. Well, it's the same thing with the, the, the fake reset, where it's the, the people that created the problem going, oh, we've got a solution. It's like, why the fuck do we care what you think? <laughs> where like, yeah. you caused this in the first place. Like, yeah. There's a theory of uh, the US Treasury <laughs> could make, if the, the debt to the Federal Reserve is $21 trillion, you could make 21 platinum coins and call, and call them a trillion dollars and walk from the Treasury building to the Fed and pay off the debt. And I'm like, that's a good idea, but I'm at the point of why do we have to pay the debt off when it's completely a criminal organization where yeah. it, it's it's like, I mean, if you pay the principal off, why do you need to pay all the interest off? And that's without inflation as well. Because, because you signed the contract when you took the loan. Oh, yeah, the consent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. And, and, and I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, sly. It, 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 you know, the own, literally the conclusion I came to is the only way to get out of it is to physically get out of it and, and create a circumstance in your life where you only use money to buy things that you don't necessarily need, but all the stuff, the basic stuff you need, shelter, food, and water, you're somewhere around 60% or more responsible for yourself, meaning you grow it, including your animal stocks and stuff like that. And, um, Whatever, whatever's coming, I don't see it as an arc situation. I don't see it as one man and two of everything. 
I see it as millions and millions of individual rats are, are going to form the population that survives this. It's not going to be an arc. <laughs> well, first thing first, the two of everything is not genetically viable. So the arc whole arc story was bullshit from the beginning. We yeah. just have a bunch <laughs> of inbred animals. I was speaking metaphorically. <laughs> yeah, well, that explains that, you know, Adam and Eve, and then um, they had sons. It was like, oh, that's all right. And then they found two wives. I'm sorry, what? Go back. What? Right. Like, oh, oh, I, did, uh, are you saying that humanity is yeah. inbred from the start? And uh, no, uh, I, I think it's in Dr. Strangelove. We need 17 women and 32 men. Or You, you need a broad spectrum of a genetic gene pool so you can have variety, unlike, say, the royal families of Europe. You need at least a population of 1,600 men and women of varying nationalities and, and race backgrounds to have a viable genetic population. Which, strangely I mean, enough, sounds like that when um, apparently uh, the Krakatoa went off, a volcano went off, and the human population only got down to 1,600 in Africa. And I find that, oh, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> yes, the sex arc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly thank you sean <laughs> so that, that that just goes to show you that that you know the the bible's got its main major issues that it's got to resolve now back to what bruce was saying how do you get people off the nipple of an institution without creating new institutions or recreating the old institutions good long-term question that every people have to have to ask there is an answer yeah. to it though okay the institutions aren't going to be run by humans anymore. They're going to be run by compassionate AIs who will do the right thing and not cost cut. Take the human wow. out of that out of that process. Now, I've, I've watched too many um, sci-fi movies to not really trust that idea. <laughs> but yes, that's but probably... that's why they put that into the yeah. sci-fi. That's <laughs> yeah, why so much dystopian movies are out there. So you'd never trust that shit. Yeah, uh, I do find it fascinating when people, oh, this is a new world order. And it's like, then why do they keep releasing movies of, say, like <laughs> Star Wars, where rebellions take down the Empire? <laughs> like, they keep putting that idea of, you know, the underdog and everything else like that. It's a catharsis, Monty. It takes the energy of rebellion out of the human psyche. It's a false catharsis, right? Okay. Rather than yeah. act, rather, rather, that's what art's become. Or that's what the propaganda of Hollywood's become. It's a catharsis. Now, there's still really good art. I mean, I, I, I thought The Sopranos was, was 21st century Shakespeare. Me too. I really Loved did. It. I mean, that, that, yeah, that was brilliantly, brilliantly written series and showed you the true consequence of the criminal life. Right. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to drive around in an Escalade and get blown by strippers, but this is what you risk. You put everything <laughs> you love on the line. All the time. Right? Yeah. And there were a number of series that hit that really well. Sons of Anarchy was yep. another one. And it was the same theme in, in criminal stuff, very different than Mario Puzo's Godfather. At the end of the Godfather movie, he finally got it right in the third one where Michael loses his daughter. There's the karmic mm. e equity of the power-based life. You always, power and love can't coexist. Mm. Well, they right. actually... Yeah, maybe they can get under a duvet together, but they're going to be wrestling to the duvet and most of the mattress all night. Yeah, it reminds me of um, the movie uh, Enemies at the Gates, where uh, one of the characters uh, basically points out why communism won't work because you have love. And that, then he steps out and gets, because uh, it's two snipers, and the guy sacrifices himself 
uh, to be killed so the, the, his friends can see where the other sniper is because uh, there's a, tri- a love triangle. Um, the sniper and the guy who sacrificed love the same woman, but the woman likes the sniper. And so he says the problem with communism, it works on paper, but unfortunately it, um, it doesn't equate for love. And then he steps out, gets shot and allows um, his friend to take out the other sniper, which I, th- oh, what's his name? Anyway, it's a good movie, but I, 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 that, Jude that Law line, was the main Jude Law. Yep. Jude Law. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, who was the, the other sniper? Um, oh, he's the evil guy in The Rock. Ed Harris. Oh, Ed, Ed Harris. Harris. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and actually I, I was speaking to a friend on Wednesday and she's, um, studying philosophy at university. And it's like, have you watched Westworld? No. What's that? I recommend you watch West Westworld where, um, sentient, uh, androids start having sentient, uh, becoming sentient and they're worrying about what is their reality and all their loops. And it's kind of parallel of humanity going, wait a minute, this shit doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to watch three seasons of Westworld. There you go. (laughs) I can't get into that, Monty. I don't know. There's something really cold about it. I can't get into. Same with me. I just couldn't get into Westworld. It's it's just it didn't it didn't turn my watch the coals over. It's no fair enough. I I have to follow what I call an artistic integrity. There's no significant advances on what Philip K. Dick asked about artificial consciousness. And, and so there, it's basically just a redo, right? It's like a Chinese soap opera, a Taiwanese soap opera. They're all the yeah. same. They all take place in some famous dynasty. And the funny, when I lived in Taiwan, one of the first things I noticed was how connected to the past the Chinese are. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back home, it occurred to me, oh my God, I think North America is the first society in human history, recorded human history, to create a mythology that looks into the future rather than the past, because that's what science fiction was, right? But when, sure. you're over in, when you're over in China, man, like all of their soap operas and everything, I mean, you know the people who do costumes in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. They, they're like really important in, in Chinese television and movie production, because yeah. you, you, gotta have, you gotta be able to replicate all the authentic clothing of the various dynasties. And it's just, people love to look at it, the, the grand days of, of, of China, right? I don't know how the hell I got yeah. onto that while well, I'm trying to get well, this. Well, um, I, I, uh, I, I remember one in the comedy show, like, what movies should we watch? And I meant comedies, <laughs> but Andrew said, uh, Ip Man or IP Man. I think it's Ip Man. Ip uh, Man. Those, yeah, those four, uh, it's still looking backwards, but it's fascinating. Uh, the the um, martial arts teacher, uh, Bruce Lee, and it's fascinating to see his story. And that's, you know, that starts in the 30s and ends up in the 60s when he uh, passes away as well as detective d those three or four films as well and yeah the chinese just love those period pieces like it's like the bbc and um all their period pieces where you know it's very hard for doctor who try and make an episode because everything has to be built but unless they go back to 1856 oh we've got decades worth of sets and costumes and everything else like that because they've just been doing the period piece of you know um even shakespeare like that i'm sure tonight there is going to be a version of hamlet being shown or um being performed somewhere i'm gonna i'm 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 um i'm gonna try and help you save a little face monty for your shameless support of donald trump and the q movement 
Yeah, okay. What, what timeline are you from? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I don't love well. Donald Trump. I don't love Trump. No, no, I, I did just as dislike. Well. I was, uh, yeah, I was, no, you, you are more. <laughs> but anyway, keep going. Yeah. Well, what he, what he represented to me was continuing the American dream, which is people mm. from all over the world coming together for prosperity and in the act of that pursuit, creating an entirely new culture and a new way of doing things for the most part. A lot of the old secret societies crept in and everything, but it really was something new. And I really believe in it, and which is odd because I was raised Canadian. And I think Canada has just got to be the most pathetic country in the world. Australia might be a close second, uh, Monty, but I think we have to beat. And um, yeah, and there was America, man, with, you know, with all of this invention and prosperity. And, and look, people have to bang it out when they're getting to know each other. It's just the way things are, right? We had to go through all that stuff. We had to go through the Knights of Columbus and the Italian Mafia in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. We had to go through the Chinese Kongs, which, which Warrior is brilliant series, Andrew recommended. The only thing I, I'm watching as I work through this rewrite. And how, um, how, far, how far into it are you? Season two, episode four. Oh, you binged the shit out of it. I knew you would. <laughs> yeah. I knew you would. Unfortunately, when I first landed. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say very quickly. Unfortunately, they're not going to make a season three, and I'm like, oh, ah. bastards! Oh, I, uh, it got cancelled. I, be- I believe I could be wrong, but um, it it should it should keep going because it's made so well. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh-huh. Sorry, I knew I, like when I first found it, um, I I had no idea the show was even even produced. I just it ran across in my recommended file from from Amazon, and I'm like, oh, let me see what this is. I put one episode like. Oh. And the yeah. next thing that I binged the first season in like a night and a half. Yeah. I mean, I and was that like, was, that yeah. was Bruce Lee's original idea. He wanted to do, he yeah. created Kung Fu. It was his idea, but he had more ideas. And this was what he was trying to get across was, you know, the Chinese, the Chinese tongs and the dragon societies coming over to America and San Francisco and everything, which mm. is I, where he lived in the sixties. Right. I, like two, two generations And his later. daughter, his daughter is an executive producer. So it's, even um, in the credits from the writings of Bruce Lee. So it yeah. is um, the purest form of Kung Fu. So sure. anyways, I brought that up because, um, you know, this is what America did and everybody goes through it. Like no matter. So Canada went through the French English thing for the most part. That was our foundational dichotomy. And then after we got over that, we kind of stewed about Catholicism and Protestantism for quite a while because there were quite a few Celts, a lot of Irish, when my mom grew up, you, she grew up in a farming community. You did all your grocery shopping and you did all your chores in the Catholic town. You didn't go to the, the Protestant town. You could get beat up. This is like the, the 1950s, right? This is, this is like two generations ago. And mm. this is why I, I just want to vomit every time I see these Democrats on air. Mm-hmm. Doing this race bullshit, right? No, we, we're through that. Don't pretend we're not. Don't, and just the level of duplicity that would seek power by creating acrimony between people at that level is just it's so disgusting. That's, Absolutely it, disgusting. It, it just reminds me of uh, Northern Ireland where yeah. you, it's Protestant versus Catholic. And I'm sure Jesus is sitting next to dad going, I'm not going back to those idiots. <laughs> Like nice. I'm sure I had this thing about loving each other. It was like, oh, but you wear orange, so I'm going to stab you in the neck, you little bastard. Now, also for the the, the Irish what, uh, watching, I have no idea. I've never been there, but the the idea of two Christians, uh, sex, are fighting each other because 
well, I don't even know why they're fighting. It's like it's it's like when the French and the English we've got God on our side, and God's probably in China going, uh, "Do you hear something?" It's right. that ridiculous how they use religion of like, um, like the 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 idea of the queen can rule because it's divine right. But if you look in the history, it's like no, um, a family member of hers three hundred years ago killed all the other people. It's just a warlord that won. Right. Yeah. So here is the here is the the takedown on Warrior season three. Uh, Cinemax announced in 2020 that it would end all of its scripted programming as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, meaning that ended Warrior season three. But recently, HBO Max picked it up in January, Ooh. and the first two seasons will be streamed. So we will see it in uh, season three in 2022, sometime in 2022. Awesome. All right then. See that just just knowing that is why you should watch this show. That there will be a season three. If none of you have ever seen Warriors, War, Warrior, not with an S, I highly recommend you spend the money, or I, I believe it's only on HBO Max now, so you probably have to get get an HBO Max subscription. You can buy um, it on it, Blu-ray or you DVD. You can buy it on Blu-ray, and it's sometimes Amazon still has episodes available. It is beyond good. Mm-hmm. In the storytelling, the fight scenes, everything is impeccable writing, high quality everything. Yeah, I'm um, speaking yeah. of Irish from Warrior. In that, I don't like the Irish in Warrior. Right, <laughs> Leary. <like>, wow, <laughs> but that's, that's the um, grandfather of Timothy Leary, who invented LSD. That's oh, well, there you go. There. All right, but it is yeah, the <laughs> you, storytelling. Gullible is... American. Oh, wait a minute, Australian. <laughs> uh, well, Andrew keeps saying I'm turning American, so like, hey, whatever, I can do what I like. Um, so it, it it's just. Yeah, it's beautiful writing and um, prepare yourself. Like watch one episode, but allow eight episodes because once you watch one, it's like, I want to know where this is going because the production values are extremely high. Uh, and because, um, oh, what's Bruce Lee's daughter's, Shannon Lee is yeah. the executive producer. And so, you know, her company's part of it. And so um, she's half American, half Chinese or whatever the mix is because she's both cultures, it's respectfully done across the board where, yeah. you know, there's evil white people, but there's also awesome white people and there's evil, evil, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're talking about race because it's what is it the late, it's 1880 or 89. It's near the end of the, the, the 19th century. And so, 18, 1878. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you, there is racial division there. It's not a mirror of society now. It's a period piece but it's made by uh, non-racists now, if that's the way of saying it. It's like watching Gone with the Wind, where they they could have made it extremely racist, but they didn't. They pulled back, but they showed what actually happened. Yeah. And let me just say, for all you um, Five Eyes, First World, guilty white people, everybody's <laughs> racist. I, I put up with it on a daily basis in Costa Rica. My wife... The, um, everybody is racist. Everybody exists around this cult- cultural centrism. You should see it in China. I mean, I was going to say you're stand- Asia. Yeah, you're standing on a street corner at seven o'clock in the morning, right? Sipping a coffee and, and a pint-sized school bus goes by and all the windows come down on one side and it's the kindergartens and they're all pointing at you going, why gra ren, why gra ren foreigner? which is innocent enough, it just gets a bit weird, bit weird when the adults on the sidewalk stop and join in and start pointing at you and going, why go around, why go around? Well, it, it's even, it's slightly worse than that. It's the, the Asians hate the Asians. 
Yeah. Where, well, yeah, there, there's all, many Chinas. There's many Chinas, right? right. There's so many. Yeah. A, a, a dialogue, a dialect is not immediately apprehendable if you're not raised in it, right? That's right. why the first thing Mao did was create the common four-tone Mandarin because they had splintered into so many idioms and they're mm. very different. I mean, just because you speak Portuguese doesn't mean you, you understand Italian, right? So, mm. it, and that's what it got like. So there's all kinds of people there. It's a rich and fascinating place and the people are absolutely beautiful and fascinating. C CCP is a monstrosity. It's got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people yeah, are incredible. Yeah, my um, official stance on the Chinese government, they suck. <laughs> but I mean, I would love to, <laughs> that, that's my, polit yeah, my political, my hat is in the political ring. They suck. I would love to go to China. Not right now. Actually, I like to go a lot of places, but it's just most places are shitholes because of the leadership and especially the CCP where um, I remember uh, Bruce shared uh, a talk by, was it the, the top military advisor of the uh, Chinese government in 2004, the, the yeah. war minister or whatever, like, yeah. And the arrogance coming, like, oh, Chinese people are here first. Sorry about the accent. Uh, so therefore the world is ours. And it's like, really? <laughs> like, that, well, this is the, their mentality. This is, what people, this is what people don't understand. What we call white supremacy in America now is desperate and frightened people getting pushed out of the economy, fighting for survival. When you... You don't. You really can't understand true racial supremacy until you see it. And the Chinese, at their inner core, the elites, they have it in spades. You yeah. know, they call themselves the center of the earth people, right? There's, you know, the reason they didn't go out before Europeans and colonize and set up trade routes because they set, they sent scout ships out way before the Europeans, but they didn't begin trading relationships because they considered the world too uncivilized. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also, if you think about it logically, uh, the Chinese could have easily got to South Africa. You just yeah. follow the coastline. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take a long time, but you just follow the coastline and you can end up in Spain. Oh, yeah. And the, the stories are coming out in Africa now. Is that, that You can see YouTube videos now that, that um, like Nigerians <laughs> and Ghanans take on their cell phones while they're dealing with their Chinese boss and then they post them on YouTube. Unbelievable. Like, un, it, 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 it's, it's like we were three generations ago, but it's 2021 or it's 2020. Yeah, and, Unbelievable. Uh, Bruce, and, and, Bruce, and, but, and when, you, when you know, when, you, when you've lived abroad as much as I have, I speak four languages now, and you really know what a culture is and you really know what racism is. It just turns your stomach the way they've, they've used and manipulated this in America. And how, again, but I can't blame them. It's the stupid people mm. who believe it who've given up their critical thinking, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's just so, yeah. It's what do you like, sell um, stupid people? Stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Like the three of us are all roughly yeah. the same age. And uh, I, I'm guessing it's the same in Canada. Like, yes, there is racism in the background, but um, I'm going to give a timestamp before Barack Obama got in. Most of those multi, multicultural countries were humming along quite well, and there was a bit of unison. Like, I was thinking about it the other day. I just see Australians. I mean, they could come from Malaysia, uh, China, um, Scotland, whatever. We're all Australians, and there's a bit of argy bargy because we're Australians. But now, since like Obama got in and they the, the race card was slapped down again, and race relations has just dramatically dropped, now everyone's separated again. 
And it's yeah. uh, they say, oh, well, I'm a black American. So you're American. No, I'm black. It's like, yeah, I know, but you're American. And it's like the Biden said, oh, we want unity because we're all Americans. It was like, yeah, good. Yeah. You're not the best person for it, are you, Grandpa? Because uh, Australia, from the Australia is sort of known for, as multicultural. Uh, we've had Chinese people here for over 170 years. It's just last in the last two decades, a certain group, maybe from Hong Kong or something, they've been isolationist and being pricks about it. But before then, the uh, the Chinese community were were absorbed, and you, you you bring your good side of things, and everyone gets along well, and you know you, you could have a Chinese friend and a Greek friend, an Italian friend. I mean, I'm, I remember for the '80s there was that a bit of argy bargy between the Greeks and Italians, but it was sort of, um, it, uh, it, it was humorous. It wasn't like, you know, death to above, you know, death from above type right. thing. But now everything, it, it, everything's been splintered and it's, I mean, I in am, a way I, that's been, that's been pushed. That's been a narrative now is, oh, we have to separate everyone, divide and conquer. Yeah. I, I have yet to encounter a culture. I can't find something to respect and admire in. And that includes that includes the Hell's Angels. I mean, I mean any culture. And th there's always something that they're doing right and something that they're doing wrong. And you know, picking at these threads is just ridiculous. I mean, nobody likes the guy who farts in a crowded elevator, but we have to get along, right? Mm. And um, this is what America represented to me. It was it was an attempt mm. to bring people together, to create a metaculture, to create something new. And call me an optimist. I think in the end, America's going to do it. I think they're going to yeah. manifest it. I you think it's still the greatest country in the world. And I think it's still um, in many ways, if not economically anymore, I still think in many ways it's leading the world. Yeah. It, that's probably why they're trying to be, it's been taken down because it's yeah. a shiny example of what's actually going on. Uh, like, you know, the, the narrative is uh, Donald Trump's against immigration. No, you missed a word, illegal immigration fill out the forms. If you fill out the forms and get your green card and you're allowed in, they love you. If you just walk across the border, which apparently a lot of people are doing now, and there's a massive crisis down there and Biden's ignoring it, or he has no oh, idea. It's oh, happening. Money, 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 money. Hold on a second here. This is where your Australian misses a lot of American history. The illegal immigrants under Bush was far worse than it is today. It was the Bush era that allowed all the illegal immigrants to cross the border, period. Okay. That yeah. is truth in history. And we are mm -hmm. now dealing with the Bush era's destruction of the immigration package because they needed new people to come in and get new, new birth certificates and new social security cards yeah. to pay off the debt. Yeah, but that's still their illegal immigration. And it's saying, yes, oh, we're against immigration. but it was immigration. caused by the Republicans and Republican Senate, period. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I, Monty. I, <laughs> okay. So, wait, wait, you're saying the corrupt system is corrupt? Please go. Absolutely. On. <laughs> and they're dealing with the corruption 20 years later yeah. of what created the level of corruption because the Border Patrol people were all bought out, bought out by who? Chapo Guzman. Yeah. Okay. Who captured Guzman? CIA. Um, no, what president was he under? Oh, uh, that's an. I think that might have been Obama. Yes. Why yeah. would Obama take down the first drug lord uh, in his in his cabinet seat? Uh, that why would it show up for, for the feather in that political hat? Well, 
Um, I don't know. The story I got on Netflix is he was told not to build a methamphetamine lab in the Philippines, and he did it. He mm-hmm. broke orders, right? So- broke the orders. Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, there were other orders that he was breaking too, such as what's coming across the border when you're allowing terrorists across the border. Yeah. Okay? There was yeah, no yeah. management system to the coyotes. <laughs> okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the good thing about Australia is uh, uh, we're an island. So the, the only way you can get here is either by boat, plane, or swim. Or birth. Hello, Galactic Historian with multidimensionality. <laughs> yeah. You could be born there. Fine. <laughs> I wasn't. But um, they, they, they've turned that into a political thing of, well, we've got to stop the boats. And it's like queue jumpers. And But the thing is like, yeah. You know, fill out the forms and enter the country so no, we know who you are. And the thing is, the government's gone, we'll stop the boats and then put them in other countries in concentration camps. And so it's like, oh, you're, you're against humanity type thing. It's like, well, I'm against the camps, but, you know, um, Australia's big. Why can't we have a town in the middle, middle of Australia where people can learn English and, you know, actually acclimatise to Australian society, you fill out the forms. And if you do have refugee status, you're allowed in. Uh, Whitlam in the 70s did that with Vietnam. After Vietnam uh, war ended, they allowed all the Vietnamese in. And of course, you know, all the the white uh, Australians freaked out because Australia's government's been racist for most of the 20th century because they had the white Australian policy that was actually on the books were, were allow Europeans in, but no one else. And in the 70s, um, Gough Whitland's gone, yeah, we'll change that. And then he got fired because um, he was talking to China and wanted to break away from the Rothschild system. But, you know. <laughs> now, something else I want to touch on immigration. I, I, uh, I want to touch on immigration real quick. As, as I said, all the blame goes on, on the Bush, Bush, Bush administration for creating the disaster that is in, in our immigration system. Mm-hmm. When Obama took over, what he did to immigration was just stop some of the stuff that Bush was doing, which created a budget issue. Now, the whole reason we are having kids in camps and all that stuff is because in the 2008 economic scandal, all, all everything was a homeland was reorganized, ICE was reorganized, and they got underfunded. Period. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Underfunded so much that they had virtually no border guards anywhere, like one border guard to every 200 miles of border. Yeah, they'll be fine. Okay. And then it's like 20, Canada. The end of 2014, they tried to do a big border guard rehire where they tried to hire 10,000 border guards in a year. Guess what? They barely could hire a thousand people. Mm. Okay. And because the benefits of the job and what they're asking them was garbage 22,000 yeah. a year. Okay. Yeah. And mediocre benefits with no room for advancement. Yeah. And dry cleaning costs. Right. And dry cleaning costs. Okay. <laughs> and risk of being shot. Okay. Not to mention the Patriots who might shoot at you too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's the, uh, like, um, where are the walls racist? No, it's like if, if you own a property, you have a fence, shut the fuck up. 
Right. <laughs> like, the senators and the governor, the senators, the governors, and the congressmen, it falls blame on them for the budgeting issues there, budgeting issues there. Now, no matter what, when you have some mega institution trying to manage a border, it's going to fuck itself up over and over again because it's run hmm. by idiots, as we all have said this over and over again. The institutions yeah. have no oversight whatsoever. No, no oversight yeah. that means a damn to create any form of change. And when, yeah. when Trump came in, all he did was hit the talking points, Monty. He hit the mm-hmm. things that made the steam blow off of this person's head or that person's head. Didn't matter yeah. what side you're on. He hit the talking points that blew yep. up the steam and made that a big subject matter when it could have been taken care of with oversight and sending some of the political people that ran ICE and the Border Patrol to jail. But since they will not jail government employees, employees why because one government employee will rat out the next which will rat out the next which will <laughs> yeah. rat out the next okay? cascade <laughs> right yeah yeah but uh yeah you've got the uh but um like biden stopped the wall and all this type of shit and yeah it's it, it's it, it's they've kicked the can down the road right you may have heard of that term <laughs> i may have heard of it yes <laughs> and that's the thing with uh like uh i saw trump uh a bit of trump's speech at cpac and i've gone oh crap we've gone back to 2016 Exactly. It's had the same energy of like, oh, we're doing that. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. And of course, when you have some someone different from the the classic political class, and you can see where controversial, like here in Australia, we have Pauline Hanson. She didn't sound like one or the other. And so pe- she got votes because she was something different. And Trump got that as well, because he didn't sound like one or the other. And of course, you know, basically Trump's role is a catalyst because one, once he won the uh, the election in 2016, a lot of people started learning about politics, and it's fascinating. Uh, and yeah, well, absolutely. you have to you have to give social Andrew? media. You, I'm there. Go. You have to give social media uh, and Trump the the credit there. He used social media as genius. So, yeah. um, um, Alan popped in. Oh, uh, is he in Alan, the room? Alan John. He's in the general gallery. Uh, Robert, can you open uh, Alan John's mic? He's not very funny, but we'll give him a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, uh, you got a signal to unmute. Alan, are you there? He was, and now he's gone. Let me get him back. We have a treat. You're right, Bruce. He's not very funny. Hello. Oh, no. Alan, how are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. I didn't know you were talking to me. Yes, we are directly talking. No, no, wrong Alan. <laughs> Alan John. Alan, Alan John. John. Yeah. As I thought. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on mute. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's John with a J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was a oh and. and and, and thank you, Sean. I'm Alan John, and so is my wife. It's a classic. <laughs> hey. How about any Alan? There we go. That is the right Alan John. How you doing, Alan? Where? <laughs> behind you. Behind you. The show. <laughs> we have a special treat. We are joined by the the comedian from Canada, Alan John Park. Welcome to the show, Alan. I can't believe this is actually going on right now. Yes, it's been going on for an hour, almost two hours already, and we've just been blowing the shit out of everything uh, from politics to baby raping lizard wizards. Well, I don't have a picture, and I can't see that I'm on the show. Uh, just turn well, on your video if you want here. to turn on video. 
You don't have to turn on video if you don't want to. Oh, it's not. I should, though. I just this is a, it's wigging out this platform. OK, now I see you, mm -hmm. Andrew. Yes. Unable to start video. You can't start I, I, your video because the host stopped it. Robert, uh -oh. can you give him video permission? Yes, you need permission. Fill out some forms. OK, <laughs> it'll pop up in a second. Hold on. Oh, so, Bashar says I, I, not the leader I, of Syria. Alan, just let, let, slip. Alan, you can still hear you me on audio, right? That's okay. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you just let people know who you are for a second so they they know what okay. kind of treat we got? Okay. While, while we're fumbling around with uh, uh, technical prowess, whatever's going on there. So uh, I know Bruce. I've known Bruce for a long time. Bruce and I are friends. And uh, I'm a comedian. I was a comedian. I'm not a comedian anymore because they don't have that. I legislated out of existence as a career up here in Canada. They're not allowed to do that. And uh, something about needing opinions to go along with it. And this was somehow hate-filled, you know, the <laughs> facts game. Anyway, so if you, if you said something. So I was developing this program where all I needed to do to tell a successful joke was, you know, first think it up. And then just run it by everyone on the planet to make sure no one's offended. And then once they all get back to me, I know it's good material. <laughs> And so uh, I decided to quit submitting to that kind of uh, bullshit, these <laughs> little gadflies of stupidity. And I was uh, taken out of the comedy game anyway by, by our friend Cancer. And that was what really, uh, what really slammed me in the head back in 2013. And then um, they gave me a year at the end of 2013 uh, or, or predicted that I would have 10 or 12 months left to live. And um, I wasn't interested in that diagnosis. And I didn't believe it. I didn't trust it. Didn't feel right. Didn't sound right. And anybody who is quote unquote normal would say, well, that's just denial. That's you were just in denial. That's all it is. And uh, you know what? Maybe I was. Maybe I was in denial. And maybe you're complicit by agreeing with uh, the doctor giving you the 10 or 12 month countdown. It's like setting a timer off in your head. So I'm not that kind of person. And I started to um, understand there must be a way out of this problem. And I started looking for it and, and came across a, a powerful ally in, in the plant form of uh, cannabis. And, you, took the uh, Rick, you took the Rick Simpson method to heart and you went that's full it, that's it. into it. That's it. Exactly. Yep. Is, there, is there a punchline coming here? He's still alive. That's the punchline. still line. here. Yeah, that's the punchline. He's still here. Okay. Oh, okay. The punchline is uh, I don't have all the degrees on my wall or the numbers in my bank account that everybody that said I wasn't going to be able to do this do have. That's the problem I have right now. So, uh, you know, I remember sitting in my uh, uh, prostate surgeon's office at one point, you know, while he's droning on about how, you know, the end of the world is upon me, etc. And I was just looking around at all of his degrees on the wall, knowing that he was incorrect. And, uh, you know, it's with me <laughs> uh, mediocrity <laughs> is well honored and well paid exactly mediocrity is well honored and well paid well the purpose of this comedy show is we take the piss out of everything and everything and anybody that's got a serious stick so far up their ass it comes out their mouth they don't they're not allowed to watch the show so we could take the piss out of any subject any place and here alan is a platform in which you can blow off some steam well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay, go I'll ahead. Sorry, our friend from oh. Australia. I just want to get your name again because I don't know. Uh, it's not showing up here. Um, uh, Monty, like Monty Python. Oh, okay, great. 
Yeah, uh, an example of um, uh, everything uh, can be taken for cancer. I'm a Pisces. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Monty's uh, Monty's a comedian too, Alan. In that's Australia. What, yeah, but I don't think the word carries the same over there. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I I I live in Wokestan, Wokestan, and um, yeah, uh, I haven't been on stage for a while. I, uh, Andrew keeps pushing me out there. It's like I don't want to go. They're all regressive leftards. But we'll see what happens. I, I noticed that decline uh, through the Obama years. It was like yeah. a magical spell. It was a magical spell going on from, I'm going to say, as soon as we were, quote unquote, out of trouble from the tarp, uh, from mm-hmm. the financial crash of 2007, eight, you know, Bush, mm-hmm. Bush was in charge and people didn't even really understand. Is this Bush's problem? Is this Obama's problem? Nobody. But as soon as it was resolved, everybody breathed this. Sigh. It wasn't really resolved, but it was no. seemed like it was resolved. So everybody breathes a sigh of relief. And then there was like a magical spell of 10 years that unfolded uh, that included things like, uh, uh, you know, all those entertainment things that don't really work out. Like the, uh, the stars at the, doing their performances at the Super Bowl and Obama. I, I like the way Obama has lit up the White House like the gay color rainbow. And um, oh, have I not, have, do I not have video here? Oh, start my video. Okay, maybe that's what it says. Okay. <laughs> so, so remember how, uh, so it's a bit, li- I got to do some lighting changes. Hang on. I'm in the green crush here. So <laughs> let me finish my point. So just like Obama has the, the White House, he's a Democratic, for po- folks that don't know. So Obama was a Democratic president. Okay. And at one point he was so happy about <laughs> what he was doing. He was able to light the white house up in all of the rainbow colors of the flag and it was so great and everybody on facebook put a gay flag on their avatar and what a time it was and those same people that love that none of them are asking questions about how come the white house is always dark now all the time (laughs) that was (laughs) the eight eight years everybody smoked a hopium pipe like a crack pipe yeah and the the comedians in the united states didn't they couldn't find anything funny in obama which is kind of funny, really, because like he's easily to because if you notice, he can't, he can never actually like Trump could talk without a pro- teleprompter for an hour and a half in front of an audience yeah. like Led Zeppelin. But then, um, Obama looks like he's playing tennis because he's just looking from one teleprompter to the other, to the other exactly back and, back and back. Yeah, okay, so I've got my I've got my trusty stick here. I don't know if you can see it. Yes, yeah, exactly. and with this stick, I'll uh. I got to change the lights because you can't see me at all, can you? There we go. Let there be light. There it is. All right. So that's it for now, I guess. That'll do. And he said, anyways, so- let there be light and let there be light. Sticky. Okay, so we'll put that there. Biblical? So I guess the biggest thing, the biggest thing I'd love to talk to you guys about now, I posted about it. It's so funny to me and it's so indicative of the diminished mindset across the board, not present company excluded. Here it is. I'll bet every single one of you guys, and I know Bruce has, but I'll bet you other two fellas at one point have made some kind of legitimate criticism of what calls itself the Israeli government because Mm -hmm. they did something wrong or did something you had a bone to pick with or something. And then when you posted that, you were pounced on by so many people as being an anti-Semite. Even though when you criticized Bush, you weren't being called anti-American. Even though when you criticized Trudeau 
or, or, or Stephen Harper, you weren't being called anti-Canadian. And so right there, there's your logic problem right away. But they would just get mad at you. And they would say, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, so you're an anti-Semite. So uh, I haven't posted. And, you know, you're posting stuff that's critical of a government. It's fair enough. And uh, so there was a mindset at that time. And this is through that Obama purple colors time and everything else where people would just pounce on you for that. They would just jump on you and just immediately jump on the anti-Semitic bone accusation type of thing. And I've noticed that now they don't go anywhere near that because I have posted on my page the fact that Israel, we've been listening to them for like 80 years telling us, never again, always remember, no second class citizens. And now they are at the apex of the world in creating second class citizens of their own. Never mind the Palestinian thing. That's a whole other issue. We can talk about that another time, open air prison, etc. That just opens up a can of worms. I'm talking about their own Israeli Jewish citizens. If they can't get the vax, don't want the vax, they're second class. Put a sticker on them. And I mean, I can't believe yeah. that you could do that, that you could do that as the country, ironically, who's been telling the rest of the world for 80 years, oh, careful, never do that again, never do that again, always remember. And now they are fucking doing it more than anybody now. else on the planet. <laughs> and they are doing it in their own uh, uh, backyard. They get their own citizens complaining about it. Those facts are being repressed. Those reports are being sublimated, just like uh, the guy at Twitter suppressing Hunter Biden's laptop. And no one is saying anything. And no one is on my page going, ah, oh, fuck you, you're this and that. Because as soon as you go in to defend what I've criticized about Israel from the point of view of, oh, you're an anti-Semite, you immediately have to defend Nazi tactics. Right. Yeah. And I want to I want to add something. President Modi of India is now doing the exact same thing to hide the farmers rebellion. If you say anything about the like, like the entire north part of India has no Internet for almost two months now. They shut the Internet down in the north. Modi's doing the exact same thing. If you say anything negative towards India, you're you're anti-Indian. Yeah, Yeah, it's Uh, that where they're having the skirmish with China. No, 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 no. The farmer, they passed a law that basically decentralized all the f- local farmers who would set the price. And now the big agriculture yeah. companies can set the price and all the par- farmers are pissed off because they they, they can make no more money anymore. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, Modi's, Modi's India's hatchet, man. That's my favorite province too, Punjab. I love the Sikhs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even you know uh, Thunberg is um, being embroiled in that because she, I think she stood up for them and um, she's been slammed real hard. Yep. She got the Indian cancel culture hitting her. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get you. You come here, good at Thunberg. I'm going to get you. We're going to put a know, slurpee down your throat. No, what, what are you doing, the, you the, stupid little white girl? <laughs> when does the, That's left, pretty good, Monty. When does What's Left of Playboy Incorporated uh, ask Greta for, for a spread? Within two years. Within two years. You think within so? Two years, absolutely. Okay. Within okay. two years. Yeah, because yeah. climate change. Bit, so, so put a little bit of weight on, have a boob job, and within two years. Yeah, and the, the how old she? She's seventeen now. Like, um, there's all for the environment. <laughs> there's, uh, I think, a lot of people are waiting till when she becomes an adult and then start um, criticizing them again because they can't use. Oh, she's just a child. What are you doing? It's like, yeah, she's an adult now. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
That's what I say within two years. Two years she'll be spreading it all for the environment. Behind yeah. the fig leaf with yes. Greta Thunberg, uh, a Playboy we, excuse. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> see her her, her jungle. <laughs> well, it's strange because I find myself, generally speaking, I'm I don't believe in uh, for scientific reasons. I don't believe in wearing the mask all the time on my face, so I don't. But but I found myself lately thinking yeah, I think some people should wear the mask, and Greta would be on that list. I agree. <laughs> what I what I what I find funny is like you know uh, from the conspiracy world they're going to track you and there'll be um, CCTV cameras everywhere and we're all wearing masks so that fucked that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a bit of a thing that I don't understand a little bit. Uh, that that is a uh, cross purposes. Well, because remember it, our world is owned by idiots, owned by psychopaths, and run by idiots. Therefore, they forgot the whole thing. If you've got a mask on. How are you going to track everyone? But isn't that partly what's to do with the six feet social distancing? Because it was really only three feet. About a year ago this time, you had Anthony Fauci saying three feet was good enough. I've got a video of that still. I mean, I know he's changed his position on everything. But last year, three feet was good enough. He's back to three feet now. But but now, now now, since then, they, they changed it to six feet. So, you know. In the last week, he's come out and said, oh, no, three feet's good. I'm like, oh, fuck. He changes... So yeah. um, it, it's like um, someone with multi-personality uh, disorder. He keeps changing all the time. Masks are bad. Masks are good. Two masks are good. Six yeah. feet. Three I'm feet. Wait, I'm, I'm waiting for, for Fauci to go hunting birds and accidentally shoot somebody in the face with a shotgun show and right. make that person apologize on live TV like like fucking... Uh, <laughs> oh, so he's Darth Cheney. Darth Cheney. Darth so he's, Darth, he's Darth Cheney's apprentice. Yes, I've seen Darth this in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Darth Fauci. <laughs> Another Muppet fluffer. Elmo like that. We have America, Canada, uh, Costa Rica, and, and uh, Australia. Are you in Australia, Monty? Yeah, I'm in um, Hellbourne uh, or Melbourne. Okay. Uh, yeah, and we were in lockdown for five uh, months last year. Um, someone in Pyongyang was more free than Melbournians for a while there. So that, that gives you a hint of what we're like. Yeah. And everybody no, that's in the... Everybody that's in the Zoom chat room, write write in where you're, what country you are from, and if you are listening to us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or anywhere else, and want to be a part of the chat room conversation, you must come and enter the Zoom room. Robert has all the information here up on the screen for you to come and enter the Zoom room. We are going <laughs> overtime today. I like uh, Casey. I love you. Uh, what country are you from? Texas. <laughs> and greece. rightly so <laughs> greece tennessee new hampshire new york city greece is still in lockdown there we go spain we've got we've got a worldwide antarctica <laughs> <laughs> lithuania antarctica. well it's actually under antarctica but anyway um... We've got the ghost of Admiral Byrd coming back in. He'd like to reiterate what the fuck it was he saw in the way of warm weather creatures as he was flying over the pole. Admiral? And there's another bullet with a name on it. Wouldn't that be something else? Just to go back in time and have a talk show with people. That was a show called History Bites in Canada oh when I did that. that it is... was a great idea for a show, um, but I was never impressed with the final output. But it was a good idea where you could just talk to anybody in time, like a, on a chat show. And, That's uh, brilliant. I think, uh, the time travel talk show. Howard Cassell interviewing Genghis Khan. <laughs> now, Genghis, did you know the horses would come in handy when you were flanking the Ming Dynasty? 
<laughs> do you remember that? Do you I remember just that put, I just did everything I could, Howard. I mean, I put my whole heart into it, and I just we went for it. <laughs> do you remember that I segment, my Bruce? Trainer, from, my mother. <laughs> you remember that segment, Bruce, from the um, uh, the Woody Allen movie where he's in the future and yeah. uh, he, he he transports to the future, and so all the guys with the lab coats in the future have him in a room, and they show him a videotape yeah. of, of ABC Monday Night Football with Howard Cosell talking. You know, he's just, just he's describing yeah. the football game. And then they turn to Woody Allen and they say, yeah. uh, now, can you please tell us exactly what's going on here? We've developed a theory where this man is uh, uh, put there in front of you to bore you to death or something like this. And, and uh, Woody Allen just goes, yeah, that's exactly what that is. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, the Monty Python guys did um, something like history and uh, they did one episode, but it didn't work that well. And it was um, in 68, uh, they did it where... Um, they were interviewing um, Caesar in the locker rooms <laughs> after a big, a big battle. And so, yeah, uh, Terry Jones is Caesar's uh, in the bath while Michael Palin's interviewing, but it didn't really work back then. So if you get the, the right, um, cons yeah, the right way of writing it, it would work really well. Cause like, you know, um, <laughs> just favorite, you know, David Frost talks to King Alfred. So uh, do you oh, think right, this family it. business is going to go well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few inside tracks. Yeah. yeah. So people in the <laughs> chat room is calling it sleeper sleeper. That's right. That's, that's it. That's it. the name of it. We've got, we got a very intelligent chat room here today. Sleeper was fun. I, I enjoyed all those movies at the time, although I, I can't really get worked up about them now, but uh, you know, they yeah. made me laugh when they made me laugh. So, so who? How many people are on the chat here listening to this? Crazy. There's 50 in the Zoom room. Robert, how many are on YouTube and Facebook? We got about 190, I think, listening now. We already been going for two hours, so people are are, are running out of steam. But we're gonna get our next next fun next group of audience people that are jumping in because of the time zone change. Oh yeah, the time zone change. Yeah. yeah, I start at 8 a.m. in the morning, so it'd be funny. Uh, I've just woken up. <laughs> right now we got 141 on the other side. All right, for all you other people, <laughs> send out the messages to your messengers. Come and join our comedy show. Andrew, being um, connected to the rest of the galaxy, what are our numbers off planet? Uh, 22 billion. Oh, okay. Yeah, send they're money. All, they're all, no, they're all, they're all unentangled observers who don't want to admit that they're watching. Okay? They're there just just for the unique what might pop up because they yeah, don't want so, to alter the past, present, or future. So you're saying they can't send money? Well, this is working out well. <laughs> no, we have a few Octarian comedians who are who are crossing the line every now and then, giving a a joke and a, dropping a joke and a punchline. Well, the thing is, for me, is like, I, you know, like I say, I had the cancer going on. I was a comic for years and the cancer put a stop on that. Uh, the ability to go out and do shows and then analyze what you did. And, you know, doing the work of being a stand up comic is is difficult if you can't literally go out and do the work of being a stand up comic. As so many comics around the world uh, started to find out last April and May when they when they would, didn't have any bookings and uh, they lost everything. So. Um, it was hard to sort of lose that aspect of myself while I was uh, dealing with this terminal disease and finding that it wasn't terminal, but it was still taking a long time to undo. And so 
I kind of, you know, I, I stopped is the truth of it. And I wasn't performing anymore. Although you still think funny things and you still mm -hmm. write them down sometimes and you still put quips down on uh, Facebook and you make jokes and you banter, but it's not the same thing. And I, I kind of got used to that. And then I was uh, improving physically and uh, opening up my ability to go back out there and do comedy again. And then of course, what happened to the world stopped that again. So I just feel like, you know, for me personally, it's like the carrot on the stick, just always just down the road a little yeah. bit, no matter what. And when, when COVID was full blown and I was like, okay, great. I, so, <laughs> so yeah, I had a similar moment with the universe it was like, I think I'll start dating again. Lockdown. Well played, <laughs> universe. Well played. You bastard. And it, so I want to get back into stand-up as well. And uh, But being a straight, like Melbourne's got one uh, dedicated comedy room. There's a lot of right. pubs and clubs and everything else like that. So it's it, it's extremely hard to try and make a living as a comedian. You always have yeah. to end up on um, uh, morning radio so you can actually right. buy food. But if we went to, like, have you been to London? Yeah. Yeah, like they've got 78 comedy rooms there. And yeah. so um, I could go to uh, England and suck and still make money right. compared uh, to being here in Australia. That's not the best where... plan, though. You should go there with the intention of doing well and you make even money. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I'm just <laughs> I'm not saying I, 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 I will do better because um, I'm different and have an Australian accent. So like, oh, yeah. he's funny. So, yeah. You have an American American Australian accent because you've been doing American radio for so long. I have not. How dare you? <laughs> One of the worst shows I ever had in England was uh, there was an Australian compare, as they call them. We call them an MC here in Canada or a yeah, host. MC here, yeah. So this is a this is a, this was a Nottingham, England, and uh, gentleman goes on super high energy kind of guy, right? This Australian host, super high energy guy. And I'm going on first. I need to do well, and I'm gonna. Mm. But he uh, he's fun and, and crazy and high energy stuff. I don't even know his name, but <laughs> I forget him now. But he was crazy, funny, high energy ginger fella. And then he introduces me as like with the most disrespectful, useless introduction, which you know I had to spend almost half of my set getting back. And what yeah. he said was. This next guy's from, uh, I don't know, I get, uh, he's from the States, he's an American. Uh, please welcome. And they started booing. They started, <laughs> sorry, Andrew. They started booing me just because the guy said I was American. So now I'm walking to the stage and they're still booing me, right? Like I haven't even said anything yet. Talk about beginning from a hole, you know? Yeah. So I get on stage and they're just yelling shit at me and telling me to shut up. Anyway, so Nottingham, England in 1999 was no fan of uh, Americans, apparently. You should and have just said like, you're a Canadian. Well, I did, but they wouldn't shut the fuck up and listen. They would. They were just uh, so drunk, yeah. so loud, so crazy. And it was like, he lost, like, have you ever lost a crowd? <laughs> <Monty>? yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. You've done that as a comic. So you know how hard your next line is to get him back. Well, this guy yeah. buried me before I could even say anything. <laughs> like, yeah. so everything I said was a struggle. And it was an argument against what he said. You know, it's like, I'm not even American. So I had to get around to making fun of Australia and mm. making fun of gingers as, you know, which isn't really fair, but no. I had to do it because I knew the mindset of the crowd was like, I need to attack this guy for what he's done. Cause my, everything I'm saying isn't working here. And it took yeah. me like, I'm only doing a 20 minute set. I had to do 10 minutes to convince yeah. the crowd. I'm from <laughs> Canada this guy was wrong, you know, and uh, it was, it was nuts. 
Uh, I'll give you the uh, example of, for the audience, I'll give you the example of, um, from The Simpsons, because apparently The Simpsons can explain everything in the universe because it's been going for 500 episodes. Uh, uh, There's a Mr. Burns, there's a Mr. Burns um, um, show, whatever. And Smithers is the MC and he comes out. um, I'd just like to, you know, please thank the Ramones. Uh, It's, it's Mr. uh, Mr. Burns birthday or whatever it is. And um, Smithers comes out. Thank you for the Ramones. I just want to let everyone know that a small puppy was run over in the car park and killed. Here's the comedy stylings of Homer Simpson. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. How do you follow I, that? <laughs> I've had some crazy intros like that where, yeah, someone mentioned someone dying. You know, oh, that was so sad that uh, we've lost so and so. You know, Robin Williams or something. Uh, it's so sad. Uh, anyway, your next act. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so it exactly. See, like when you're in those, when you're trying to reclaim your comedy, you know, your stage, and somebody does something like you, there's the classic WWE wrestling where you just attack the crowd, the city that you're at, and you just get them more and more pissed off. Yeah. And then you run, you run out of the building when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think the granddaddy apex of that is uh, Bill Burr's Fuck You Philadelphia show. Hell yes. <laughs> oh my God. That was awesome. Hey, he's in trouble now. Uh, he's in Bill's in trouble for saying things that are funny. No, well, no they tried the, to the cancel him. Yeah, didn't they tried to. Yeah, that again, they tried to cancel him again. Um, and it's done wonders for him because everyone's like, "What is?" Because they got to the point where um, uh, on on the Grammys he was um, presenting the Latino Grammy, and he just mentioned, um, "Do you think at home some um, feminist woke people are freaking out? Like, what's this guy doing it anyway?" And then he um, announces, he says the name wrong or whatever like that. The next twenty minutes after that, Twitter just explodes. Oh, he's a racist. He's not funny. Blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah. how is he a racist? He's married to a black woman, and they're extremely happy. Oh, yeah. but racists marry black people all the time. It just spiraled out of control. Yeah, yeah. It's like, real. He didn't say anything offensive. He just took a pot shot at these people who got upset because he had a pot shot. But he wasn't yeah. racist or offensive or anything else. Like it's Bill Burr. Like you don't know. You know, um, what it does says it on the tin. It's Bill Burr. You know what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's like, uh, it just showed the the cancer cultural aspect of how stupid they are. Even you know, though his wife, his wife actually came in and said, like, someone said, oh, um, I don't know Bill Burr, but he's a racist, blah, 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 blah. And his wife's just uh, re- uh, responded on Twitter, bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's crazy. You know what? When I was much younger, cancel culture... Uh, didn't exist as a thing. What it was was if Monty Dean was on some channel uh, saying some shit that I didn't like, I was watching a different channel. That's that's yeah. That <laughs> oh, free how, will. Oh, now you bring up free that's will. How I was uh, able to control the intake and the whatever I wanted to see. You know, there used to be television programs that I, I don't watch TV anymore, but uh, I used to watch a television program, and you know. If I didn't like it, yeah, I would just stop watching it, right? I would check. I, I I would pick a different channel. I know this sounds radical as fuck to anybody <laughs> under twenty five years old, but it's really about you know. Here's another thing. I used to once in a while. I've been uh, you know through comedy. Uh, I never did a cruise ship, but I've been to Vegas and some other things. They have this thing called a buffet, right? And it's really extensive. Uh-huh. It's extensive in Vegas. I mean, they really want people. There was a sign over the buffet when I was in Vegas that said, please limit your stay here 
to less than three hours. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> how fucking fat have you got to be? Like, oh, God, I got to make sure I stay here for three hours. But what I, what I understood was there was some of the food on the table there that I don't like and I don't eat. So what I did was I chose other things and I ate those instead, you know, and I left those things that I didn't enjoy on the table. What a concept. This is a bizarre thing, though, for young people to understand. Uh, I, I wouldn't even think that was a story in the first place. So, you know, when it happened, I didn't I have really to... have a story. Hey, I ever tell you about the time I went to Vegas and there was a lot of food there and I decided I didn't want to eat all of it. So uh, so I didn't. You know, <laughs> it's not really a, a joke or a story back when it happened. But now that you got so many people deciding that if something is uh, they don't like it or they don't want it, they're going to cancel it for everybody else. And the, the judgment coming from these people it makes it even more implausible that they'd be correct in the need to cancel it anyway. So I don't understand why this came into being, why, why some punk who doesn't really know anything thinks he can just erase uh, what somebody else says. It's beyond stupid, but I also don't know how he thinks he can get away with it. Then you find that they're being assisted governmentally. So that's, you know, that's it's, it's control. Part. It's simple as control. And if some um, people are in such, their frame of mind is so weak where, um, oh, say if people hate the band Ramstein, oh, they, they sing in German, they should be canceled. It's like, they <laughs> exist. That's enough. It's yeah, yeah. The, I mean, they've been called, oh, they're near-Nazis because they showed footage of uh, uh, the German athletic team uh, training for the 1932 Olympics in Berlin or something like that. And instantly, right. oh, they're clearly they're Nazis. And it's like, no, they're just German, whatever. But it's that thing of like, well, it exists in reality and I don't like it, so it should be crushed from my reality. Instead of like, like normal people, it's like, well, I'm going to listen to Public Enemy then. You know, it's, right. I don't yeah. realize you, you, if you, um, once again, the Simpsons, if you don't give, uh, like advertising, if you don't give it power, it dies. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, we hate this. So, we're just going to make it the focal point of our existence and wonder why it's still there instead of just ignoring it and let it disappear. Exactly. I mean, this, this same fact came to me. You brought up Monty Python as a reference. When I was a kid, they had that movie. Uh, life of brian and no one was going mm -hmm. to see it at all and no you know no one was interested and uh and then they, they it uh, it got banned by a bunch of christian preachers or i, I don't know yes some priests or something and then all of, <laughs> and then there was a tv show should they ban this movie which was you know had high ratings and then everybody went to go see the movie <laughs> yeah, and, and found out it was extremely funny because it wasn't making fun of it was making fun of religion and the the ridiculous of how you get swept up and everything else like that they respectfully treated jesus uh they made sure of that but they were making fun of all the followers sure, and exactly. of course and the church freaked out like, oh, this is um, uh, highly blasphemous and everything else like that. And because right. they did a lot of research, they found out of all the horse shit that was invented. Like the version, the reality of hell was invented in the 12th century. And that's about controlling the masses and all that type of stuff. Okay, and yeah, yeah I, I know um, a friend of mine's mum, you know, Irish Catholic, she loved the film. She yeah. understood and got all the jokes because it's right. like, you know, um, we're all different. I'm not. Shh. 
If they were yeah, intelligent, sorry. though, and they didn't want you to see it, they just would have ignored it. And yeah, like the with the baby, with the baby, when the baby just falls out of the woman. Oh, I got another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, yeah, that's true. in the light and uh, um, the meaning right. of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, I'll pick up, pick that up, would you, Deirdre? And then, you know, I have to sell, I have to sell most of you for medical experiments. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of that, experiment dude, sacred. 1983. So, speaking of that movie, the meaning of life. It's great at the beginning. So you remember that scene at the beginning? That's not going to happen in a movie now either because they would freak out. And that's the scene where they're crashing the cart with the pregnant woman through the hospital doors, crashing into things, making noise. Everything is brusque. Everything is harsh. And it's it's quite uh, if if that were real, it's it's quite cruel to the mother giving birth. Right. Right. So you shouldn't really depict that, right? But it's the reflection of the cruelty of the medical system and, and yeah. how brusque they really are and how they get treated. But nowadays, they would say, oh, that's that's a bad uh, thing to do to a woman and you shouldn't film this. And we don't... Like, this is where it's gotten to. I would have thought yeah. we got tougher over time, like the callus <laughs> on your thumb and stuff like that. But we've softened yeah. up over time. Like, they've been soaking in a Epsom salt tub of stupidity. Yeah. There's a great line from it where the, the mother actually says, what should I do? And John Cleese goes, what? What should I do? Nothing. You're not qualified. Yeah, and it's, it's the, whole, the whole scene, like um, the administrator, we have the machine that goes bing, bing, yeah. and yeah, everything good. else. Like, And it's just taking the piss out of the whole medical system. It's not about the mother. Right. And it's like, yeah, who are you? I'm the father. Well, you're not needed. Get out. Uh, right. And it's, it's just... Um, that's Monty Python. They 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 take it to farce and then just yeah. experiment and push it up even to super farce. And that's why it was so funny. And it's um, yeah. Uh, who I was watching, I think it was I can't remember who I was watching because everything blows into one thing nowadays. But they they were asking what happened to comedy. Oh, that's right. It was um, Nicole yeah. Arbor was talking to um, Glenn Beck, and they were pointing out rock and roll and comedy. What, what's happened now? Because rock and roll and comedy is supposed to be agitated and um, yeah. be on the edge and, you know, say things that uh, don't fit the norm type thing. But now you have rock and roll stars that follow the establishment. There's no attacking the established anymore. There's not, um, you know, radicals and saying ideas. And yet, you know, that's why, like... I haven't watched any late night comic for about five years. Cause you know, after hearing orange man bad for four years, I'm like, yes. fuck, get a new joke. I and know. Like, St- Remember when Stephen Colbert was funny? Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Here's, the answer, here's the answer to that question before. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah, all right. All right. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's something. Stephen yeah, it's Colbert of, yeah. is a massive disappointment for me personally. Mm. Same here. I just can't even tell you how much. And one of the reasons for that is because I came very close. I know that sounds like bullshit, but I don't care. It's true. I came very close to becoming on the show with him and uh, Steve Carell and a couple of other funny people on the Dana Carvey show, which was the Dana Carvey mug root beer show, which debuted in the 90s. Yeah, I was a touring comic. And in 95, I auditioned for them a couple of times and uh, I was really close and I was, <laughs> anyway, there were technical reasons and visa, United States, Canada reasons. And then they changed the production of the show from, it was going to be a summertime show. And they, they backed it up earlier to, to, to January of that following year. And I just, there was no time for me to get the paperwork. It would have been easier for them to hire somebody else. And they did. Yeah. But uh, so that's how close. And I've, I've been close a few times 
when I was hoping to be close. Now I wouldn't get anywhere near the fucking place. But mm-hmm. at the time in the 90s, I, you know, I, I, I had a few good years as a, as a stand-up comic. Boom, I wanted to be a sitcom. want to get on a sitcom, you know, in the early 90s kind of thing. And I was living in Vancouver, which is just directly north of L.A. And, um, yeah, so various shots almost materialized, not quite. That was one of them. And then I loved watching that show, even though I didn't get on it, right? I loved it. I watched it. It was outrageous. Dana Carvey was nuts. It was on prime time. It upset the viewers. The first scene of the first episode was Bill Clinton talking about how nurturing he was as a president. And uh, it was played by played by Dana Carvey, who who he, I am so nurturing. I'm very nurturing. He kept saying, you know, and it was this joke. And then he opens up his jacket and everything. And he's got like six or eight dog teats. Like a fucking <laughs> and real puppies drinking milk out of his tits. It was <laughs> this is on at like eight thirty at night on him. <laughs> so, so they got a strike against it. Was like the the the, the, the uh, what is it? The, the the sponsors were going crazy. We can't have a guy playing the president leaking milk. So the next week they had to get a different sponsor, and I think they only got about six or seven episodes on of that mm. show. But if you look it up, it's on YouTube. It's very funny. And there's st- there it is. Yeah. So there's uh you got it on your screen there. There's all the puppies. <laughs> and that the guy on the right is uh, Robert Smigel, who was who uh you know was said nice things about my audition tape and stuff like that. So these guys are like, you know, I was at that level kind of thing almost. So then yeah. to see to see how those fellas had a career after that that's always like a little tendril in my mind right like i wonder if i was on that show what would happen to me kind of thing and then i always loved letterman and then you had the uh you know then you had the stephen colbert show where he was basically imitating the stupidity of uh bill o'reilly yeah that was the colbert report just being deep into sarcastic Mm. uh the stupid republicanism of the bush era and Colbert does such a great job of that. It's so funny, so expository. And then Letterman's gone and you hate that. And then Colbert comes in and I, would, I remember thinking, what's he even like? Like, because yeah, he's like playing how, the character. How, how so now we're we going to see know who this guy, Yeah, exactly. Who, yeah. who, you know, we don't even know what he's going to be like, you know? And so, um, so anyway, I didn't like it. I gave him yards. I tried to watch it. I tried to enjoy it. And, and, and it just... I, you know, talk about being partisan. I was so hopeful that it would be good, that it would work. Same here. So I'm not, a guy, I'm not like biased against them, but I've come from the place where I was a fan. I was a believer. I liked the previous work. And now I can see this thing where it, it got so upsetting to me when the news came out. Sorry, cut me off if I'm going too long, but the news came out that the head of the network of CBS, whose name is Les Moonves, mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2015, he had a hot mic moment where a bunch of investors were in the room and he was going on and on and on and on about how terrible Donald Trump was going to be for America. And he didn't like him and he had all these problems with Trump. And it doesn't matter if you have problems with Trump, do or don't. Last Moonvest, the head of CBS, said to the stockholders, shareholders, that he did have major problems with him, didn't like him at all. All the reasons that you could expect why he wouldn't like him were said. But he then says, but, you know, it's going to be great for CBS because people are going to tune in to watch this guy. And so there were speeches. 
which is when Bernie Sanders, and don't take my talking about these people, any of them as an endorsement. I'm just reciting facts. Bernie Sanders was out there having like 20, 30, 50,000 people in stadiums all the time where they had to have uh, uh, offshoot, like smaller <laughs> outdoor facilities with screens and everything, while Hillary Clinton couldn't fill the DC double tree in the basement with the accordion door to make it look like there's more people in there. And that's all going on at the same time where uh, where people are supposed to believe that, uh, uh, you know, this guy, uh, Trump, is, is going to be uh, the next guy. And so, again, if you didn't like that and you were Stephen Colbert, why would you even focus on it? But that's that's the lie, because the head of the network decided let's focus on this guy all the time to the point where Bernie Sanders is out there talking to 50,000 people. Where's the. CBC, the CBS camera, it's over there on a stage that's empty, waiting for Trump, who's not there yet, because they don't want to miss his speech. Mm. Right? I was yeah. like, wait a minute, you guys. So then he wins the election, and Stephen Colbert comes sauntering out live. It was live. They waited until after the election was counted, and they knew that Trump won. Remember when they used to do that, folks, in the same night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used to count all yeah. the votes. <laughs> so then he comes out and Stephen Colbert is bereft. He's going, I can't believe it. I can't believe Trump won. What's going on with this world? And I, I sent him a tweet. And this would have been the symbolic gesture of, fuck, I never want to go down there ever. Because I, I know the producer of that show, the, the late night show, at the time anyway, I'd known that guy for years, Barry Julian. And I, I can't remember the exact tweet. It'd be on my Twitter, I guess. I didn't know I was going to be talking about it. But I basically said, it's your fucking fault. Exactly. It's your fucking you've fault. Been, you've been doing 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 minutes every motherfucking night advertising for this guy, doing a commercial for this guy. And now he wins and you're all upset about it? Bullshit. And, and, and now we just fast forward through all the years of, like you say, the constant jokes that are basically one joke only. Mm-hmm. Now he's gone. They're still doing jokes about him. Yeah. You're the telling me one. you look at the Biden pool, you can't find a million things to make fun <laughs> yeah. of in there. Holy fuck. Yeah. Well, the uh, when Biden won. Ever, the shittiest yeah. comics I've ever come across are the late night guys now across the board and almost yeah. everybody else uh, I've ever come across in the business. That's because no they problem. don't write their own material and their material was going, going over by political political theory people. Yeah. Every every piece of comedy's gone over by a political theorist. Now just something- flip it around though. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just flip it around? Imagine this. Imagine if, if it were Biden was in and then Trump came in. So imagine if Trump came in and Trump said, you know, we didn't have the vaccine when I first got here, but now we do. <laughs> and and then they go back to December when you see him getting the vaccine in his arm. Now I'm not promoting the vaccine either. But how does Biden say there mm-hmm. was no vaccine? in January or February even when he's getting it in his arm in December. Like, what is the fucking what? problem? How the career like, politician is lying. <laughs> yeah. Again, career politician lying. Huh? Well, I, they, I, I, I read the, um, uh, the president presidential debates where Biden couldn't even keep a lie in a paragraph. He would start yeah. out saying one thing by the end of the paragraph, he's completely done a one eighty on mm. his point of view. And I'm like, and people want, you know, oh, he won. Like he, he, he had the same thing about Hillary where he couldn't get 20 people into um, a town hall. And yet, as I've said before, uh, cause I like saying it, Donald Trump's doing Led Zeppelin numbers in the seventies yeah. where there's 50,000 people like, oh, clearly Biden's more popular. With oh, who? Yeah. <laughs> What do you think about this Putin challenge? I think it's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What is, well, what yeah, yeah. Apparently, 
Apparently, responding um, to that is Biden said yes or no. Like, how are they even going to craft a response to that? They're not going to craft a response. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do that because, like, <laughs> Biden hasn't even done a press conference. So, like, like Putin yeah. said he, ha- he has done a press conference. Yes, he has. Come he on, just did one. Putin yeah. just said something though. Putin just said something like, uh, like, is he took a shot at Putin for being a killer or something? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so Putin's going like, "Look, you're the real killer. I wish you well. I hope you're okay and everything. But I'd love yeah. to have a debate with you, right? And there's no way this guy is going to be able to do it, right? Because what Putin, <laughs> what Putin would say, would crumble American democracy both sides. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, that's why I say, bring it on. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> And the exactly. interesting thing is, um, uh, I saw an article. Apparently, um, the American intelligent community have put together a um, dossier, basically pointing out they want to attack Russia for their influence in the twenty twenty election. And it's like, oh, dear, we are going back to twenty sixteen because it's now Russia, Russia, Russia. I'm like, for yeah. fuck's sake! Yeah. Now, once again, that's kicking the can down the road, trying to oh, get yeah. people to fall victim because they know once Trump was out of office, all the big news agencies are going to lose their record setting numbers. And now yep. they're going to revisit. This is why I said they skipped season three and went right to season four of the global narrative. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> CNN in the first week of the Biden administration, 40, they lost 44% of their ratings. Yeah, that's right. But and they were like, they were number one, and Fox News wasn't number one anymore. Fox News was number three, even though they lost forty four percent of the ratings. CNN jumped over MSNBC and Fox. <laughs> and why? Because CNN positioned itself enough to have a little bit of both sides that the rejected Fox Newsers and the rejected MSNBC Newsers might watch one or two of their guys. Yeah, might. Might, exactly. And it was just a setup. Now, as the ratings get less and less and less and the stories don't have an effect that they were, this is why I say that the the COVID is going to stick around until late 2023. If they can't sell it by end, they'll kill it. Yeah, well, they can trot out <laughs> another one, COVID-25, COVID-26. So, no, the his- no, the no. History- They're going to throw in Iran. They're going to throw in all this other stuff, which none of it's going to stick. And it's going to come down to, does something seep out about, about a, a, a Senator or a Congressman? Like the last time we really saw a whole bunch of purge of Congressmen and senators was uh, Bush Bush's second term. And then Obama's first term. Uh, We, we saw like 17 senators and 18 or 19 Congressmen suddenly retire within a year. Oh yeah. Okay. What I find funny is that um, Ryan the, the, hi- yep. the the history books will show what ended COVID. Uh, poor ratings. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Poor ratings is what's going to end COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you, uh, uh, it's, I got into a bit of a scene today with. The, oh, go ahead, Bruce. Go I was going to change the subject. You finish your thought. Yeah. Go, no, just saying quickly on the thing was uh, on the COVID issue was um, people are dying, and then. The vaccine companies are going, yeah, but it wasn't the vaccine. Uh, so, but, you know, these are the people that would t- tell you there's no way 9-11 was an inside job because Occam's razor. So if you're going to, if you're going to bring Occam's razor into it, which is not necessarily a definitive thing, the easiest thing is not always the fucking thing. It's the easiest thing for most people to think of. But for the major proponents of Occam's razor as a notion, 
what could be more simple than uh, the fact that, you know, your grandmother, who's 90, took a vaccine and within 26 hours, she's dead. And you don't believe that was from the vaccine. But last summer, if I was in a market shopping for bananas and eggs and whatever, and this woman was in the store, they would have been blaming me for killing her simply because I wasn't wearing a mask. Like, wow. So me not wearing a mask while I'm weighing vegetables is more of a risk than you literally sticking an experimental subject in your arm. And oh. I, I can't, I don't understand I don't why anybody- Well, the medical, prof the medical profession did invent um, sudden death, uh, sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS. Cause right. you know, it's like, oh, we'll give it a vaccine. Oh, it died. Oh, it's SIDS. Right. No connection. There was a plummet in SIDS deaths last year that was commensurate with the plummet in GP doctor visitations where they're getting vaccinations. Yep. Um, COVID also um, uh, cured influenza, heart disease, um, falling out of a tree, getting killed in a car accident. It's amazing what this virus can do. Decapitation as well. Yep. So, so Bruce, you were going to change gears on something. Yeah, I find it really interesting in the world of comedy how certain comedians they can crest for decades and 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 then like I'm thinking here of Norm Macdonald. I'm sure even the Australian and American on the call know who we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like he's he's going into a huge renaissance now. Like he's never been more popular. And it, yep, it's that's it, true. Yeah, but it's it's in try to figure that one out, Alan. Like there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to it. Like it's it's. Why is that? I don't know. He I, he's always been funny, but it's like it's if you have he's it a, at he, that if you have it at that level, you're always gonna be funny, man. You're, you're yeah. Just it's just in your nature. He, well, he's I remember consistent. going to see Norm. I saw Norm the first time I saw Norm was I'll tell you that I'll tell you the year. The year was um, 80, 82 or 83, maybe oh, something like that. Mole. And it was in Toronto, uh, Toronto, Canada, at a Yuck Yucks club uh, that was on Queen Street, not the ones that were famous uptown. It was a new one called The Studio. And yeah. uh, I saw him there for the first time. And uh, there, was, there was no doubt in your mind, um, this guy would cause in any comic uh, the inner reflection of, should I be doing this? <laughs> uh, you know, he was so good and the way he painted his ability. And so what I think a lot of people may like fan, like comics know this, but fans may not know this. Norm is, is one of the most stupid people to ever walk the planet. Only that's just the exo, exo uh, outfit, the insides of this guy. He's a genius. So it's, it's hilarious for a genius to parlay the exterior of a dummy. And he gets away yeah. with it brilliantly. And, uh, you know, Letterman was like that, too. And I, I think that that's yeah. why uh, uh, I think that's I think that has a lot to do with Norm's affinity with Letterman, uh, because uh, yeah. the, the respect was uh, incredibly genuine, off the hook respect. Whereas a lot of comics just want to get on a show. They don't give a shit about who, you know, whatever. They just want to get on me, 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 yeah. want to be seen. But I think Norm loved, I know Norm loved Dave. And, and in that way, Dave was also a dummy on the outside, but really smart on the inside, right? That's yeah, not every the, comic yeah. 
That's it's the genius. It's the genius of um, having the genius through a stupid lens. Right. Um, where like I, I I say stupid jokes. It comes from my genius. I don't know if anyone finds it funny, but people are oh, you're being stupid. It's like yeah, but if you look deeper, it right. there's the, there's this genius to it where like even t- taking fun, making fun of yourself occasionally. It's um the the connections and the high it's high end thought. Like even Bill Hicks has got a great thing um bit where it's like. Um, you, you people come to the, come and see me so I can make connections and jokes that you could never think of. (laughs) And that's all jokes. That's all jokes are, which is fascinating. You just make a connection from A to B, but it's done in a funny way. And a lot of people don't realize it. So that's why a lot of like George Carlin and Lenny Bruce. I mean, I haven't really seen much Lenny Bruce, but I respect him for what he did and like what the ideas didn't really make me laugh that much. Mind you, it's also, it's, it's early comedy, if that makes sense. That's yeah. a, the, the the lifespan of comedy is kind of weird, and yet I can watch a Marx Brothers film from 1933 and laugh. Yeah, incredibly, yeah, a- vi- incredibly visceral art form too. I mean, I spent I I met Alan because I was sharing a house with a couple headliners in Canada, and coincidentally, they're all in they're all in Britain now. They've been there yeah. for well, since 2004. But I spent a lot of time in green rooms and I saw a lot of openers puke in the garbage can. And I'm going, oh, fuck, this is this is for real, man. I got a paper between me and my art. I don't have to show it till it's done. These guys are puking in garbage cans before they go on stage. Yeah, yep, it's it's instant, which is um, highly addictive and extremely scary at the same time because you want that instant gratification. It's like I yeah. say a joke, laugh your pricks. Oh, you did. Oh, good. Let's move on. <laughs> I right, see a funny then- comment. I see a funny comment here on the chat. Somebody named Jimmy the Kid. He wrote it to everyone. So uh, he says, you know, comedy is in dire straits when I have to tune into a psychic show to get my laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been doing it for a year for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's so true. Look, I'm going to say this, man. Like, when this COVID thing hit, right, I don't know why it is that almost every comic that I'm aware of, so you could say friends with, uh, and then down next level to, I know that person, and then down the next level to, I have a, a affinity and a professional relationship with on down to, I don't know that person, but like most of the people on each one of those tiers is completely along the governmental diktat of this uh, of uh, what's going on with covid you know they've been mad at me because i won't mask and uh and if damn it i would just mask and hurry up and cheerlead on a vaccine we can all just go back to normal and these guys think normal is sitting in a room that used to hold 120 people that now only holds 40 or 50 because they got it done up like school desks or whatever it is you know, all distanced and everybody's got the mask on. They've had comedians standing in a fucking terrarium, standing <laughs> on stage, telling them like a vertical terrarium. To, I mean, I'm not going to participate in that. I don't want to get booked on that show. I don't want to believe all that kind of thing. I can't do it. I can't, it's not there. It's just fake, unnecessary bullshit. And what do you I, think so, of, um, but most what do you of them it? are, they want to do it and they want when I get back to that, I, you won't see well, me. Uh, uh, in the United States, they've started drive-in comedy shows. Right, Chappelle. Yeah, and I've heard those are those are well. Chappelle's is is one. Uh, he's like oh, in next his level. Own, he's yeah. in his own tier. But yeah. like, yeah. I heard from a lot of comics 
who were posting about these shows they're not fun to do and mm. it was a real you're comparing it to uh there's something in your soul missing because you're comparing it to going out there regularly and doing a whole bunch of shows every week small ones and then big ones as the weekend comes and then you compare that to you're never going to work again and oh all of a sudden you got a gig at a drive-in so there's like mm. six other comics everybody's miles apart from each other the cars are far apart. They're in the distance. If they think what you're doing is funny, they turn on their lights. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to um, start practicing. There's a car dealership around the corner. I'm going to go and start practicing my material to that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> okay. Now, the, 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 thing, the thing here is, is comedians are having a challenge of adapting. Yes. That's why we do this long-form show. Right. Okay. You know the, you know the town crier? Remember yeah, the old yeah. days when he's got the sign on? He's ringing a bell. So I was thinking of something like that and putting a sign on, only on the front and the back is an iPad. I've got like a Bose speaker hanging from me somewhere while I go up and down and just do basically like a live walking show up and down the town that I'm in, just like, you know, banging them off really quick. And it's not really a noise violation because it's no more than a car driving down the street with a, large, a loud stereo. Just to stir some shit, just to say some things. Like, there's no place to say things other than yeah. Zoom meetings. There's no place. That's why we do these long bullshit. form shows so that we can get out of the stand up, punchline, deliver, deliver, punchline, laugh, 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 next comedian. Like, yeah. Monty and I, when we first started the show, we came up with a bunch of woke jokes and Star Wars jokes. And then when we were done with whatever jokes we heard within 25 minutes, it was just our raw personalities, right? Making making fun out of the baby raping lizard wizards, the Q community, the Trumpistanians, or the the Democrats. To the point we were laughing so hard, yeah. my jaw hurt at the end of just about every show. Oh, that's good. That ought, ought to yeah. be like. And then as we're doing our like tenth, fifteenth, and twentieth show, and we're realizing the endurance that we have. Yeah. It's right. a very unique show. Uh, it's, we're sort of uh, improvising for two hours, and I don't know if anyone else is doing that. Like, uh, you know, um, Chappelle can do two hours. It's Chappelle, and he's doing stand-up, and there's usually an audience. But we, we sort of – I just turn – I don't really – I may think of a subject like, oh, Biden tripped up some stairs. Let's start there. And then, it, like, Bruce, uh, would, this is your third or fourth show? You, you know yeah. the, the format now where it's like – we have um, ideas in the back of our mind, but we turn up and then just see what is co-created in the, in the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. like a few years ago, I wrote a job. I was doing some thing in the, in the uh, summer of 18. Yeah. Summer of 18. And, uh, and, and I wound up uh, doing, I had, I had longer jokes all the time, just longer jokes all the time. And that's what I had. <laughs> once in a while I had a one-liner which wasn't really kind of thing I do very much so I put them aside and then I was at the show and I thought I'm gonna read all these one-liners just do that bing 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 right and so like just in a few years this joke went from oh I really like that to oh you're a fucking asshole and here's the joke <laughs> here's the joke it was uh it was uh racism will end when we all realize we're all children of the universe. Oh, and black holes matter. 
<laughs> so that was funny then but apparently now this is like this means that i'm happy that uh people of color are marginalized to to, to say a joke yeah, like yeah. that and people I just uh, don't believe that i don't believe that they, shit they, the, these people look for anything where like um i i'm part of uh you know the geek culture and there were people saying oh everything's um weaponized feminism and it's like well you know you can watch a story where a female is the main character without thinking that it's um all women in, in blah blah you know but because they're looking for it they find it instead of just watching it unfold where it's right. like yeah, yeah yeah there's three main character like in Westworld uh, I think season 2 most of the there's three main characters that you follow and they're all women and it's like well that's okay. how the story unfolded but somehow that's um a, a an agenda that they put in to try and do blah 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 it's like you you're reaching now where apparently yeah if there's a woman in the story clearly it's a feminist agenda and they're trying to change reality it's like you know you can just watch stories and let them unfold you know women do do things i know it's kind of weird yeah they do yeah they, they used to like to vote a long time ago and they made a big fuss about it to make sure they yeah they, they mentioned that yeah it's like um yeah how did i describe it suffrage we would like to be treated equal and then what 60 years later the second wave of feminism no really we want to be treated like equals and it's sort of it, i think it got into the legal system there and then the third wave of feminism it's like well, we've got everything we want, but I still hate men. So we're going to make a stink about it. And I don't know if we're on the fourth wave or the, you know, but it's just, it's man hating and everything. And uh, you got the LGB thing. Most of all that, that political correctness has been weaponized. And you can see like, um, I'm fighting for trans rights. Uh, are these trans people human? Yeah. Well, just go for human rights. You yeah. kind of cover everything. Oh, now you're being racist. Like all lives matter is racist. <laughs> Yeah. What, what type of thinking it's like i mean i say all human lives and that freaks them out but that's but don't you um, think it's just a yeah. fodder for division i mean that's all it is yeah what is yeah. it yes uh, yeah, yeah. Wales? i think it's wales or something i think it's wales the uk is proposing yeah. male curfew for 6 p.m so that women feel safe yeah wow. um it's going to be really hard to watch metallica because they'll have to go on at two <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon um <laughs> uh yeah uh, a university in the united states are going to have six different um graduation ceremonies and it's like are you yeah you know, we're progressive no you're aggressive because we're out. heading straight back to segregation you idiots oh we should have a black national anthem for the united states why <laughs> why just you, you ah. so that's yeah that's the the, the um the uh, uh, Ryan, someone, he's on on Twitter. Brilliant comic. He actually has a small two minute video of um, two guys. One's wearing, yeah, you know, one wears a t shirt saying "woke" and the other one says "racist," and they say the same point. Right? <laughs> they agree. Oh yeah, that guy's a, a good guy. He, he's a good guy. Uh, his name's Ryan Long. That's who you're talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. Ryan Long. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good comic. I met that. I met him a, a few. Uh, yeah, when was that? Twenty. Yeah, a few years ago, anyway, there was a club in Toronto that was really cool. Uh, it was called The Corner. And uh, a small club, really small. Like, you can't mm. even believe how small, but it was so <laughs> cool, you know. And it was it was a rival to the bigger club. And this is all pre-COVID, of course. And uh, Ryan was there. I met him there a lot of times. And I got, I got two things to say about him only. Or three things, actually. Uh, genuinely nice. Really funny. Hard mm. worker. End yeah. of story. That's it. 
He's, Have you heard of the? There's a rapper called Tom McDonald. Love him. Um, he, yeah, um, the, the the comic stuff. He's not a comedian, but the 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 same genius is in the, in the rhymes, and he's yeah. totally independent as well. And yeah. they're basically uh, they're not following the establishment agenda, no. and uh, he's basically saying his truth. And Ryan does the same thing as well. That's why it's working. Ooh. And especially Who's that last name you mentioned. Uh, uh, Ryan, the guy we we're talking about. Oh, Ryan before. Long, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, there, and even uh, you're uh, for me with Nicole Arbor at all. Yes, I know Nicole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even yeah, they're just telling their truth, but being polite about it. You know, they're they're not uh, white wing supremacist. You know, all that fucking shit. They're they're telling their truth with common sense, and they care for everybody basically. Yeah. Um, without you know wanting and um, they don't. They don't want to control. And so they're just making fun of the ridiculousness that we're seeing out there. And yeah. um, once I, I got over, like, uh, well, of course, I was part of almost the Trump train. I was running behind it. Bruce was on the Trump train going, give me your hand, give me your hand. Uh, but <laughs> w- when Biden won, um, uh, after the, the the small grief period of 24 hours, my comic god in me has just gone, we can work now. <laughs> Biden yeah. is hilarious. And um, I call him Emperor Biden. I've shared memes of like, it's got the photo of the White House and um, Emperor Biden enters the White House and it's got a Star Destroyer floating yeah. over the top. And yeah, it just, um, it, it's, he still looks like, Biden still looks like he's having a heart attack. He, he, it's yeah. So if you can tap into the, the comedy of it, the Biden administration, there's, it's very hard for parody and um, satire nowadays because it's it's almost real. But now yeah. it, there's a gold mine, a diamond mine of comedy in the ridiculousness that we're seeing. Exactly, that's true. Well, guys, guys we, we we're at the end of the show right now. We've been going for three straight hours. Alan, yes. thank you so much for coming on. Hang yeah, on, exactly. don't 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 disappear. Earlier. Don't disappear right away. We're gonna go okay. into a breakout room in just a moment. Break Bruce, out. I know you gotta go. So, Monty, give away for people to get a hold of you. On YouTube, it is Wafer Thin Entertainment. And when Odyssey does its thing, I'll be on there as well. On Facebook, it's Monty Dean. On uh, Twitter, if you want to go into that hellscape, comedy aplenty, uh, at Real Monty Dean. Also on uh, Instagram, where I meme up a storm, it's Monty.Dean. And I could be seen at Forest Hill Chase tomorrow buying food. Okay. You all know who I am. You can get a hold of me on my website, andrewbartis.com. Find me, Andrew Bartis Galactic Story, at Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and all those other places. We will be back with more shows this next week. I will be on vacation. But after that, I will return. All right, everybody, <laughs> take it easy and have a great time.